about fantasy land. And now you're clipping. Really? I'm clipping? Yeah, you were I clipping. I never clipped. Yeah, you were clipping just then. I stopped. I went cold turkey. A oh, lot of people know, use the patch, we're but like I at just the went. Same, we're at the same level. Isn't that sweet? Uh, of, of audio gain? Yeah, it requires like, It like, requires the same gain? Yeah. We're gain brothers. We're like equally yoked when it comes to gain. Aw, man. Okay. Do you think it's time for a cookie? I mean, I think it's time for my second cookie. Is what oh, did I you think. eat one already? Uh, I picked I picked at this one while we did our Instagram live, and uh, then we did a Patreon segment. Uh, check us out, uh, patreon.com slash bobsleds and banthas. That's where you can find that fun content. Oh, man. What did we talk about over on, on Patreon? It was great. Uh, video games, Magic the Gathering, Hearthstone, right. uh, Hearthstone, Ghostbusters. Soldering. Soldering. <laughs> a little soldering lesson in there. It's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Everything that you want out of Bob's and Banthas, but you don't get, yeah. it's over on Patreon. <laughs> if our Patreon was our podcast, I think the perfect name would be, uh, everybody left. Uh, are we the only ones here? <laughs> yeah. That's what it would that's that's be called. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest country on earth. Hey everybody, welcome to Bob's and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that we love. On this episode, we're catching up on Disney Plus rumors, trip reports, near-death experiences, and that Cruella trailer. Plus, we're taking a look at Fantasyland from opening day to today. My name is Scott Storm, and with me, my brother on the mic, the man with the rattlingest pants in podcasting, Absolute Aaron Robbins. That's right. I was second most rattly pants, but I upgraded. You took, you took yeah, the number took one spot. I'm not going to let Clickety-clack. Welcome to the show. Hey, bing bong. Your, yours was, I I'm, I said clickety-clack because that's what, that was that's like what your, that was like your catchphrase one time. Clickety-clack, was it? You go, hey, clickety-clack, welcome to the show. <laughs> and every single time I hear oh, it, I start laughing. Oh, well, right on. I am. It's the rattliest pants in podcasting. <laughs> welcome to Bobsleds and Banthas. Episode 48. We're going to talk, talk about Fantasyland as it was, as it is, and as it were be. As uh, it were be. <laughs> my favorite eyeglass company. They're, they're very good. Yeah. Parker, his brother, is good, but uh, but Carl Werby. Carl Werby. <laughs> makes great glasses. He knows how to make frames. Uh, let's talk about uh, some banther. Let's talk about your week. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's been like two weeks since we've had a real catch-up. That's true. I kind of miss them. I feel like we need to do two episodes. We need to do the, like, Scott Storm uh, is somehow able to get Imagineers on our little show that is not so little anymore. Yeah, it's not and, so and, little, and is we, it? Yeah, and we get to talk to these amazing people that, honestly, I forget we're on a podcast when we're talking to somebody. Yeah, what is that experience like for you? At the beginning, uh, it's not it's not nervous isn't the right word. At the, at the beginning, it's I'm about to walk into basically a museum yeah. that has no windows and no doors, <laughs> and it just has all the information. I go, how am I going to not get lost? How am I going to sure? How am I going right. to pick the most interesting thing because all of it's interesting to me? So it's not nerves. I don't get nervous like that, but I do get like. Am I going to be able to find my way? Are we going to be able to find our way? Yeah. Because all of this is interesting. And then something amazing happens about 45 minutes in is I, re- I, I see myself in Tomorrowland loving Disneyland so much, not knowing why I loved it so much, now knowing that I love it, why I love it so much. Right. And I'm talking to an Imagineer and I'm with one of my best friends in the world. Aww. And 
like it's just there's a there is a magic in that moment of the podcast where Disney lore, history, legend, real experience from a real person that really hung out with Ward yeah. Kimball, yeah, uh, is talking to you and I, and I, the podcast fades away to the background, and I am just I am eight years old, just being like I don't know what this is, but I I like it, <laughs> and I like what you're saying. Uh, you guys hiring or like <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's always one step away from going like from totally nerding out that's the yeah. way i feel is that yeah. the the way i uh approach these interviews is obviously like these are the things we want to talk about these are the things we want to hit we want to make sure that our guest feels welcome yeah we want to make sure that they have a good time that they're that they know that we appreciate the time they're giving us but i don't ever want to fanboy out because i could very easily fanboy out like i could easily lose myself and just go like that's so cool yeah and that would be my response and instead i'm trying to the entire time think like okay what is the thing that's going to make us sound intelligent yeah what is going to be the thing where a person is going to want to answer the question as opposed to go like well i'll just i'll, I'll just give you my canned response because i've answered totally. this question a million times yeah and there's before. a line there's a line between the high the highest level most interesting answer and the most nuanced bit of information yeah. so somebody uh like 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 raleigh or or tom uh, is talking about you know their day at disneyland they're like you guys don't want to know what was in the trash can i'm like hold, hold on you remember what was in there? <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, exactly. Tell me more. And I was like, do anybody care about this but me? But I'm trying to, I'm trying to relive something I never lived yeah. through, and so I want all those details. It is a blast. It is. It is like, uh, it's the whatever land of Disneyland. It's an additional land of Disneyland. That it's is the, podcast land. It's yeah. It's podcast land. Yeah. It's Aaron land. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's but, fun. But, but we the, haven't done this kind of show in a while. I was gonna say the downside is that we don't get a chance to do this type of banter. Yeah. Uh, in those shows, and so we don't really get a chance to catch up on how things have been going because. Totally. Uh, we have full-time jobs and we're teaching a class and we've yep. got families to take care of. And so this yep. is our time to sort of catch up. Yeah. And if we miss a week, it feels like it feels like it's been two weeks since we've actually talked. That's true. So how have your two weeks been? Really good. I mean, really full. You went to Burbank. Uh, yeah. Have we not talked since? No, uh, really we haven't. On the show? Yeah, we went, we went down to Burbank and went to, on a comic book uh, sort of and uh, toy store sort of. That was what we were there to do is tour those things. Yeah. Uh, Funko was doing that. They did this uh, like pop pop yourself or whatever where you can develop pop now that looks very that much looks like, like yourself. You? Oh, cool. And so when we got to West Hollywood, the Funko store I've been in a bunch of times yeah. before, but we got there. The line was out the door, around the block, up the street. Oh, is like, it a new? It's a relatively new thing? Yeah, I think it launched maybe the end of last year, but okay. I don't know if there was an event going on, but we couldn't actually make it in in Funko because the line was just nuts but we went in a ton of other great oh I get to tell you about this I don't have a picture I will put it on Instagram uh, I went into this little comic book store in Burbank called the Perky Nerd and they had uh, some posters in the back that were for sale that were done by an artist and he'd made I think 50 prints of them or something like that and I looked at it it's just the perfect Bob Sleds and Banthas poster I think ever. How so? So I, I got a copy of it. First of all, it's uh, it's monochromatic or monotone. The only colors on it are, are the paper's kind of a white cream, and then it's all sort of cartoony, stylized black ink outline, and then there's only red accents. So it's only three colors, and it is of Marvel characters riding Thunder Mountain uh, with Star Wars, a Star Wars like space battle kind of happening in the back of them. So it's just it does seem like a perfect bomb. Yeah, they're like, like, they're, and they're all, all the Marvel characters. Like, like I'm sorry, Daredevil happens to be on there, so I apologize for that. But why are you apologizing? You hate Daredevil. I like. Oh, Dare, no, sorry, I like Daredevil. Daredevil. It's about to get worse. Uh, Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, of course, Deadpool's on there. Yeah, Deadpool's on there. Uh, is, he but, doing, you know, is he holding chimichangas? I think he's wearing Mickey ears or something. But they're all is wearing. He pointing to an inappropriate place on himself. <laughs> no, 
No, it's that's all a great. Dirt, that's a dead bullet. Oh, I just ruined the poster. It's fantastic. I I'm, I should have the frame there today, so I'll take a picture and put it up on Instagram. Did, did the framing cost you six hundred dollars? <laughs> yeah, I got it real custom. Uh, it's an awesome poster. I got that in there, and uh, I just had had a great time in Burbank uh, going awesome. to comic book stores. And uh, you know, my kids were always, every time we were in like a, a toy store, they're like, "Are you are you sending a picture of that to Scott? Are you gonna, you gonna take a picture of that and send that to Scott?" I got a couple of texts from you, you in sure a couple did. different toy stores. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were Transformers related, if I recall correctly. Yes, correct. Yeah. How about you? How's your week been going? I had a Weeks? near, I had a near death experience no! uh, this past week. Oh no! Oh, that's right. You went to the snow. Yeah, I went to the snow, and I took my kids sledding, and uh, we had a great time. We went up to the Sierras and had a great time sledding. It was a lot of fun. My last run down, I'm in an inner tube, and uh, and I've got my youngest with me, my eight year old, and he's he's on he's on my lap, and we're flying down the hill. Yeah. And we are the only people here. It was yeah. really cool. We found a we found a private place to go sledding. We are the only people there. Literally yeah. the only people for miles. And uh, we're rocketing down this hill and we turn around as we're going down. And so now not only can I not see where we're going, but I can't control our speed. And so I just hold on to my eight-year-old yep. and just think like, okay, I'm just gonna hold on to him to yep. protect him. And as we're going down, out of the corner of my eye, I see a snowman that we did not build. So it had you been sitting snowman. there for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, Scott. Oh, you guys went sledding without me. Oh, it's good to see you. Did you forget to invite me on a snow trip? I've been I've been doing a lot of thinking since the last time we got together. You're moving pretty fast. So what happened was I rammed into that snowman, and that snowman had hardened over and was ice. And I yes, caught the happens. entire snowman on my leg, like on my on my quad. Is quads up? My quad. Yeah, your quads. Let's my go quads. Quaddies. I caught it on my left quad. Took the entire impact of my left. Give me, quad. give me. A, how big is the snowman? Are we three feet tall. He's, he's probably four feet. Four, four feet, feet tall. tall. So pretty solid. Pretty good base there. Oh yeah, and I hit the middle of him. And it's and it's it's bowling ball esque in terms of its density at this point in time. One hundred percent. That's the worst. So it had melted and frozen and melted and frozen. Correct. And melted and frozen. So it had been sitting in the sun for who knows how yeah. long. But yeah. it is it is a block of ice basically. I hit this thing full force. Oh. Uh, I hold on to my eight year old. Yeah. And I am just so thankful that he was not hurt. Yeah. So thankful he wasn't hurt. Uh, thankful that I was the only one you that wear had wear helmets injury. when you're sledding. That's for skiing you know, and snowboarding. Who wears helmets when they're yeah. sledding? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I go suns out, guns out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not thinking of, I'm not taking any There's no danger in sledding. There's no danger in sledding. I thought. <laughs> yes. I thought. Um, hit so hard, his boots fle- flew off. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible. His boots flew off. Slow I'm, motion? Was that in slow motion when the boots were in the air? Uh, I, I have whoa, whoa, I have whoa, no whoa. idea what happened in between, in between the time we impacted and he and then I noticed that we were on the ground. Uh, and uh, and I, he's on my lap. The inner tube has burst. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you popped your tube, the tube, knocked the boots off? The boots came off and the... Ice Snowman is obliterated. Oh, wow. Just like, just like there's nothing there anymore. Yeah. And I sustained quite an injury. Oh, man. I'm sorry about that. Quite an injury. uh, But everybody was safe. Everybody was okay. And again, I am so thankful that. You didn't break your leg. I didn't break my leg. the wrong way. I just got a really, really, it was, it's like the worst Charlie horse I've ever had in my life. And it's still like a week later, it still hurts. I'm sorry to hear that. But in all honesty, do you, I mean, you think our listeners would have found it at all funny if you'd been killed by the snowman? Like, there's, there's no. Do you think? I don't know. Wait, I want to make sure I understand your yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Your question is, do I think any of our listeners would find it funny if like I ironic. was killed? Hey, remember the host ironic. of Ironic. <laughs> yeah, ironic is what I meant. Yes. Remember that guy? He was on that podcast, and then during Christmas, he kept doing that weird snowman voice. And then a snowman a killed snowman him? A snowman actually killed him two weeks later. I do think that they would find that ironic. But not yes. worth it, but just, wow, that's really ironic to do a really solid snowman segment and then be killed by one the next Listen, day. never let it be said that I am not committed to a bit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, that was that was some solid banter. Should we talk about the news, or is it too early? We. I feel like we've got to get into the news because there huge. is a lot, Man. a lot to cover. Do you, um, f- you feel like it needs a heavy yodel, or like did, will the standard one do? Let's talk about the yodel that I heard a couple of weeks I ago. Sped it up. It was sped up. Yeah, uh, intentionally. Intentionally. Yeah. And then it was followed by an incredibly slowed down version of Lady in the Tramps, This is the Night. Yeah, I fixed that, though, right away. I, the, the fans that we have are really on it. When I make Oh, they're mis- on it. <laughs> when I make a mistake, uh, they let me know pretty pretty early in the morning. Yeah, well, I was going to say, within minutes of posting, I think you got uh, some, we'll call it feedback. Yeah, I got, I got some feedback like, yo, it's slow. Literally, 24 hours later, it was all fixed. So I think we need a hearty yodel. Just a good. Just a good solid yodel. Yeah. All right. See what you think about this one. All right. It's time for news. Oh. You're late. You're late. Oh. You're Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. I don't know. I feel like I'm reaching the end of the internet on, on yodels, but that was good. That was uh, from the, his uh, green period, I think. His uh, it wasn't the yellow album. Door often snuffs. Yeah, the, what they called his green period. His green period. Yeah, where I don't know. He was. It wasn't feeling green. No, it was a little bit more floral though in his. Yeah, yodel. you can hear you can hear it the mid the mid tones. Yeah, it's a, it, a bouquet. It's evo- yes, it's evocative of a field of I believe tulips. Yeah, and that's what I yeah. that's what I've heard. Floor, yeah. right? That's what I just said. His name was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ooflin. Floor Ooflin. Yeah, right on. Thanks, we got a Floor. lot of news to cover. True or false? That is a truth statement. Right on. What's happening in the world out there, man? Tell me. Let's start with something that dropped before we were. Or it dropped after we recorded two weeks ago. Yeah. That is the Cruella trailer. Yes. For the live action Cruella movie. Yeah. Starring Emma Stone. Yep. And also Emma Thompson. Okay. A couple of Emmas. Two Emmas. You have not seen this trailer. I've not seen this trailer. You are going to watch it right now. Okay. And then we're going to discuss it. All right. Live While reaction. I eat a cookie. Your immediate thoughts. I'm glad. I was worried it was going to be dark and depressing and full of fire and like running makeup yeah, and you were, alcohol. You were worried about that. I was worried that it was going to feel like a darker version of Birds of Prey somehow. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm glad they went out really happy, lots of pastels. Yeah, just like very uh, cheery. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a. Uh, um, do you want to know what, what I thought of that or the trailer? The trailer itself did not reveal a ton about the plot. It was a very. Uh, thematic trailer it was yeah. a very emotion vibe setting trailer correct not a plot what can you expect from this yeah, it's movie a feel setting trailer this is yeah. what you're gonna this is what the it's a tone feel setting like. tone the thing. tone of this movie is uh gritty dark uh definitely 
borderline surprising that Disney is doing this with this particular IP, that they're taking it so dark and uh, it feels emotional yep. uh, and stuff like that. It feels like DC's version of Cruella DeVille. Yes, it does. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm still interested in it. The, I want to see how they tell a story that seems like it's so uh, kind of dark and, and maybe depressing and emotional. So I'm excited about so that. So you're interested in this movie? I, I, yeah, I'm super interested in it. The trailer did not do anything to push me one way or the other. I'm oh, not, really? I'm not more interested or less interested. I think Cruella is a, maybe what you would call a... I'm sure they make make her be a tortured character to some degree. She will have Ugh. some, some, and you hate that. It's all cliche Ugh. now. Uh, so I'm interested. I'm interested in that. Does it feel? I'll cut this if it's inappropriate. But does it feel a little Jokerish to me? Like there's a. a it's could not be more Jokerish. Okay. It. You said DC's Cruella Deville. Yeah. It definitely to me it feels very much like the Joker did great for Warner Brothers. Yeah. Let's make a safer more sanitized version of that. Yeah. And, uh, and, but I don't, but I'm not sure how to feel about the trailer. Yeah, me too. Because I'm not, I'm not in favor of this movie to begin with. Okay. Like I, I, I fourth shot in the trailer, there's a hard liquor bottle in her hand. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not opposed to that. I'm just saying for Disney, that feels, oh, it feels like a much darker film than Disney would do for, like yeah. you said, for the IP of this. And, and so, I don't know I don't know who this audience is for. I don't know who they're trying to target this audience for. Are they trying to target for like the angsty teen crowd and older adult crowd? They're I, certainly I so. not trying to get young kids in here. And um, No, this feels like a 17 to 36 play. Yeah, and is is that the right play for a movie an origin story about Cruella DeVille? If, uh, not in its not in its old context in its current context if they set her up as sort of a, a misunderstood tortured villain, sort of Joker, Captain Hook thing, then I think people resonate with the fact that the world is kind of a hard place to live in and Cruella kind of speaks to that. I think they could capture a new audience with it and take it a totally different direction. Do we want that from our Disney villains? Um, I feel like there is, do, do I feel we, like that is happening where the old villains tend to be a little more black and white, yeah. a little more just evil. And I'm not really sure why they're evil. Like, you know what I think about Captain Hook. I'm not really sure why he's a bad guy other than I told, I'm told he was, uh, Krill, I think it's a little easier to determine why she yeah, right. I mean, she's murdering, she uh, murders puppies, puppies for, for fur to make clothing and makes lots of other bad life choices. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's a little less like that with her but yeah I don't know I feel like that is the current vibe to turn that into a uh, graphic novel and a jean jacket and a makeup line no I get that. that I get that that's the current vibe yeah I feel like there's been this large trend in media yeah. to make the villain the hero yeah right let's sympathize with the villain yeah and yet Disney as a whole has established very black and white standards when it comes to heroism and, vil- and villainy yeah and so to sort of blur that line for like a newer audience in some ways, I feel betrays the sweetness, the charm. Sure, I would agree with that uh, yeah. of, of their original films. So, I mean, I guess if you take a look at this and go, "Well, this Cruella has nothing to do with our 101 Dalmatians Cruella," but how can you not do that? Yeah, I hear you. I hear that that's problematic, and I think that the old Disney stuff, uh, the the hero versus villain stuff, those, those weren't black; those were ideas represented as right. characters, so they became easy for us to digest as a culture. Now they're actually humanizing it in such a way that the line between good and bad, the line it is, and that does not feel where Disney's sweet spot has been. Right. I like when DC does it. I like when DC does it well. When DC yeah. does it well, I'm like, yeah, this is very interesting to me, uh, and I think that's why people like Batman is hard to figure out what he is. Well, and I agree. And I think that's the thing. Batman is not, Cruella de Vil is not 
Batman. I I, I don't know not how to. Yet. I, I don't. Yeah. I know. I don't know how to feel. She's about She's got this a trailer. cool car that she like hot wires. It doesn't look unlike the Batmobile. Let me tell you what I like about this trailer. Yeah. First of all, I think the look of it looks phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was really. Not, I'm not crazy about the 1970s London punk aesthetic when they announced it. Right. The look of it though looks really. The good. The vehicles in it are sharp. The vans yeah. in it. All the vehicles look great. Absolutely. For that style. And just the cinematography of the trailer yeah. looks really great. The color of it looks great. I think Emma Stone looks phenomenal yeah and i think she sounds amazing like mm-hmm. she sounds spot on like cruella Deville. so there's a lot about the trailer that i am interested in but i don't think any of it pushes me any further of wanting to see this movie yeah. i think if like personally i just sort of want to distance myself from the movie because oh, wow. it's sort of like when maleficent came out with angeline jolie yeah where i was like i don't want this movie i don't want mm. anything about this movie and i don't and i do not think that maleficent is the type of character that you want to make a tortured villain story about. Yeah. Because she's more interesting in just being an evil villain. Like, yeah, the less you know, but she's so powerful and so big. Right. Like that, the less you know, but the less she's humanized into like, oh, this could kind of happen to anybody. That's not interesting. Different for Corella. I am. You think so? Yeah, I think it is. I think do it's you, a safer character to do that arc with. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm interested in it. Well, let's I'll be, bet you it's good. The logo looks great. It's very interesting. Yeah, it does. Yeah, we'll see. What's lot, the next? A lot uh, of controversy on, online about it, though. A lot oh, of people really? saying, like, I don't want anything to do with this. This oh. looks too much like uh, Cruella, Cruella DeVille meets Harley Quinn. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that just No, no, no. There's been, a, there's been a lot of, like, oh, this is the Joker. Basically, this is the Disney's oh, version good. of the Joker. Phew. Or of Joker. Uh, and so I don't think any of those things are incorrect. Yeah, right on. Let's talk about... So we could talk about Gina Carano getting fired from Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We could be talking about that. Uh, but I feel like there is no way of talking about that without uh, w- without it being a political minefield. Right, yeah. It would get polarizing real quick and it would be less about the Mandalorian, less about the character she played and more Correct. about what she said, what happened, and if that was right or wrong. And that would take the show off of commentary on Man- on the Mandalorian. On the Mandalorian. And the characters it of it. Politics. And, and it would put it on politics and, and the current state of the nation, which we both have very robust opinions on but just probably not the place on bobsleds not for bobsleds and banthas so instead i think we can just say gina carano was uh excused fired let go from the mandalorian no Uh, longer with the no longer with the show and uh cara dune's character will not be on the mandalorian anymore if you are interested in understanding the reasons why you are more than welcome to look them up on any number of news sites yeah uh but it would be weird to not at least mention it because it happened literally the last night that we recorded yeah uh our our show before tom morris we recorded and then that news dropped yeah so we haven't had a chance to actually talk about it I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, she was a wrestler before? She was an MMA fighter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, strip, so she actually fought people. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right this is the reason why the, the fight choreography in Mandalorian is so good with her. Oh, right on. actual fight choreography. Oh, maybe she can do that. Go back to MMA? Uh, no, still fight chor- choreography stuff. Oh, you mean like actually be a fight choreographer? Yeah. Maybe? Eh, no. You know what she won't be doing? Working. Playing Cara Dune. <laughs> yeah, I know. So let's get on to some happy okay. Star Wars news. Okay. Happy Star Wars news is it was announced today that Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. Those are two colons. Star yeah. Wars colon, Clone Wars colon, the Bad Batch is going to be streaming on Disney Plus starting on May 4th. Of course, you know May 4th as Star Wars Day. Yeah. May the 4th. Be with you. Be with you. Yeah. Cool. We'll start streaming that. I'm excited about that. Me too. I loved their introduction in the last uh, season of The Clone Wars, and I'm really, really excited. Uh, you got anything else to say about this? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll check out a few episodes. They're, they're you know. 
I'm going to check out all the episodes. Yeah, right on. I'm going to check out a few of the episodes. And we'll then see. determine whether or not you continue to check out more few. Exactly. Yes. Are we going to talk about Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary? This is a traditionally a Disneyland podcast. Yeah, this is a Disneyland podcast. But we podcast. do discuss all the things that Disney owns know. that we love. Maybe give me, maybe, uh, maybe you, maybe you, uh, yeah, you said that we love. We're so stoked to go to Florida. Like the, I know you are, the, the, right? The, the, we want to go with, with the Storm family. I want to make that happen we somehow. We are making that happen. Yeah, because there's a fever pitch amongst the, the, the amongst Kennedy and Penelope uh, to get to Florida to experience that. I don't want to do it during COVID, though. I mean, no. I want them to have the classic, yes. the thing I've never had in my Correct. life, they've never had in that life, uh, in their life, just that, that Disney World vacation, which I know we don't have a right to. It's kind of, it's an indulgence. I get it, but. You know, I have a podcast, you guys. Cut me some slack. I got to do research. Well, Tell me about their 50th. What are they doing? Well, first of all, the 50th is happening on uh, October 1st of this year. They announced it. They didn't announce a ton of details, just that it is happening. It's going to be an 18-month celebration. Yeah. And the theme is iridescence. Oh, yeah. A-R, iridescence. Oh, yeah. Like light-up ears. Ears you can see through. Yeah, like uh, colors that change depending on the way the light's hitting them. Oh, I'm preparing $32.99 for per ears. If you want them to sync up to a show, they're $49. Easily. Okay. Easily. Uh, The the, uh, iridescent. Iridescence. And uh, part of that iridescence is new iridescent costumes for Mickey and Minnie and their celebration. Oh, like foil, like uh, this is like a special edition, like a foil wrap Mickey. Uh, yeah, it's like a foil wrap Mickey. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Exactly. Okay. One, you look at one side, it's blue. The other side is uh, silver. And yeah. then the middle is sort of like a purplish type yeah. of thing or gold. They're redoing all of the icon- iconography throughout uh, the four parks. Cinderella's castle is getting like gold embossments on oh, it. Oh yeah, they're all getting embellishments and overlays they're a lot and, of embe- and stuff like that to, to go with this theme of iridescent. Correct. The mm. Tower of Terror has some sort of iridescent okay. uh, overlay that's going to be doing. Uh, and and so they're they're going to be doing. Do this you feel like when they say that they have to like they always have to say it twice? They're like it's iridescent. E-A-R. <laughs> like, it's, it's a logo or it's a, it's a title that has to be explained yeah, every it's, time. Yeah, it's capital E-A-R. Do you get it? Like, you do you get we're clever? Like you get that? iridescent. Do you, do you get it? Ear. Do you like that? Do you like it? It's cool. Like, you want to buy a hat? You know, like Mickey Mouse's ears. Oh, right. Like an imagine near. Yeah, but it's spelled differently. Because imagine near is two E's. This is E-A-R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell you something about Walt Disney World real quick? Absolutely. Uh, I have one of... One of uh, one of the people I work with, uh, they're going to Walt Disney World in the next couple of months or Who whatever. Who is it? I'm envious. Uh, Don't tell me. Okay. And so they have to pay for their plane tickets, but the the the, the mom and dad that are going with them that are going to meet them over there. They're bankrolling the the trip. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that's working. But the mom and dad have tickets to Walt Disney World that they got. I think in the early '90s or something that, oh, are, that yeah. are never expired yes. tickets. Oh, they have those tickets. Yeah, and I, so I'd never heard of this before, but apparently they wanted to go, so they called up Walt Disney World or whatever and said, "Like, hey, we have these tickets uh, that say never expire," and they're like, "What?" And then they, they looked them up and they're like, "Yeah, I guess those never expire." It's true. Yeah, isn't that, that weird? That was a thing at one point. I remember that, uh, and and they, I think they changed that within the past. I don't know. Let's say twenty years. Yeah. I'm not sure. Right. But there was, I mean, when I was working there, you could buy a seven-day ticket and then use two days and then still have five days on that ticket that never expired. Forever. Yeah, That's it just nuts. never expired. So people would do that. They'd like, I, they go, go down by a 10-day pass and they're like, this is my pass for the next five years because yeah. I'm going to go a weekend. Yeah. Like for the next, you know. Fascinating. So uh, that's that's pretty fun. That's pretty yeah, yeah. interesting. And, that, and uh, 
And so this 50th anniversary- yep, the 50th anniversary. Is a big deal. Iridescent. I did not experience the Disneyland 60th anniversary. Oh. Clearly, we're not experiencing the 65th anniversary anytime soon. Right. I am very, very interested mm. in celebrating Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And yeah, I was going to say, are you interested? I know that you were interested in planning on going down to Florida. My question to you is- are you wanting to go during the 50th anniversary? There's gonna, they, the Disney has not unleashed all of the stuff that they're doing. Is, but that, there's, is that October this year? October this year for the next 18 months. Here's my standard. I want to go back. I, I want to go visit because I've never been to Walt Disney World. Never been, and now that I and I didn't even acknowledge it existed till the, before this podcast. I know. Now all of a sudden I'm just super jazzed out of my mind about it. I want to go back to 2005 and go to Walt Disney World. That's the trip I want. That's the experience I want. That's the level of what what year. 1995. I want to go back to 1995. Eisner, like smack dab in the yeah. Eisner area era. Uh, 99. Yeah, you, you got you got Animal Kingdom open by that point. Yeah, uh, so I want to go back to that, and that's that's my standard now of what I'm trying to get to. So you say, do you want to go there during the 50? It's like sounds fun, but kind of no. Like I want as close mm. as I can get to just the default Walt Disney World. I don't want anything special when I'm there. I just want the park the way the park is. And yeah. I think I feel like now there's so many events and so many things that that is just kind of always something different but uh that's what i want i just want i just want that classic 1999 2001 pretty crowded everybody there has saved up a ton of money and a ton of time and nobody's happy but we're all here and we're all doing we're it because we spent this money we're here we're gonna do this i just want that where are you staying uh, oh on property Yes, you are. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to do this with you. Yeah, I yeah. want it to be an absolute storm celebration. We should get different hotel rooms, I'm thinking. Like, probably one for your family and then two for no, my... No, we'll all stay in the same... We'll, same you know what we'll do? What we'll will get we do? a suite. Okay. We'll get a suite at the <laughs> yeah. Art of Animation, and are we, we're all staying in the same suite Are we suite doing together. podcasters and non-podcasters, boys and girls, adults and kids? Like, how do you want to divide it up? I think we divide it up between the podcasters okay, and the non-podcasters. And the, non, and the yeah. non-podcasters? Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, makes uh, sense. Are you guys going to be talking all night? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what do you expect we're going to be doing? You guys this, go to bed. It's this four. is a work trip. No, no, we're probably we're in, in we're in our twelve. Not recording though. <laughs> we don't need microphones. We're having fun. The re- wait, the recording equipment is in our room. Yeah, no, we're just talking. <laughs> we're just getting ready. We're doing a pre-show. pre-show. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. I, I I am very very excited about the possibility of going for the fiftieth. And and the possibility of going with with the Robinsons. I want to get like on a plane together. I want I want the whole nineteen seventies nineteen eighties TV show experience where we somebody gets lost. Yes, somebody gets moves. lost. I want the whole thing. We get on an airplane together. Somebody else meets a character yeah, that's yeah. unintentional, and then they end up in a parade at the end. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be great. The, someone what, another person's a grand marshal. Yeah, another person marches with the Main Street Band. I want that. If if, if you could talk to Tom K. Morris, he seems to have luck with having magical happen things happen to him figure out how how we can live a 1990s Disneyland Disney we can TV episode. We can figure this out. It's going to yeah. be great. Let's talk about the weird thing, though. Oh, what is They weird? announced the 50th, and then they had like a clip where it was like a lot of people talking about what, what Disney World means to them and like okay. what Disney World is. It's magic. It's imagination. It's was it just iridescent. Was you know, it? E-A-R. You know, like, you know, like oh, iridescent. Like, like, like Mickey ears. I get it now. Right, like, like E-A-R. I thought you were talking about Lake Erie before, and I'm no, like, no, no, I don't no, see no, the that's connection. That's two E's. This is like E-A-R. Gotcha. That's so smart. it's a video like that. Yeah. But everybody in the video is wearing a COVID mask. No. Everyone in the I video. Guess. Okay. I don't, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, I get it because we're living in COVID, but certainly if you are taking video of someone, you're filming someone, 
you were set up in such a way where that person could remove their mask in order to talk about oh, for how sure. much they love Disney World. And you're, I would think that anybody who's watching this is not going to like set their hair on fire and go like, don't you understand you should be social Hold distancing on. and wearing a mask? I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I do. I guess Disney's trying to be corporately responsible and show that they're concerned about safety. But I feel like if you're making a promo video that's inviting people to come down for this 18-month-long, uh, you know, uh, celebration. Like, yeah. I don't know. Can't you just leave the masks? I already solved oh. this problem, though. Uh, well, part of the problem, and it's why, I don't know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on the show because of all, all my- the Clock my, is ticking, my friend. Yeah, all my uh, subtitle text. But I invented a, it's a COVID mask that you wear, and then it has subtitles where the mouth is. And so just whatever I say, it's my, my life is just subtitled on my mouth. It's, so it, like it automatically generates the subtitles? Yeah, yeah. So when I go, so when you're like, rrr, 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 it just, it's, it's subtitled right It is about mask. magic to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Iridescence. So I mean, I, when I ordered Starbucks and they're like, hey, what can I get started for you? And then I pull up to the window and they're like, that's what it sounds like on these videos. Yeah. And so, again, I just feel like you could you could do this, right? You can do this without masks. You can. You're choosing to do it with masks. You control the lighting, the audio, the camera angle. Everything is so perfectly crafted. Yeah. Absolutely, you can. You could probably even do a quick COVID test for those people. Yeah. And then what hit if, the record button as soon as you get the results. But what if 15 people run through the set? It's like, not possible. It's not that doesn't happen. happen. Has that ever happened before? No. No. We closed off 800 square feet for this yeah. shoot. Right on. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's that's the thing people do. I like when newscasters do it. They're like in a tornado, 800 feet from everyone. They're wearing like everything. And then they got like a, like, they got a mask on and then the microphone's on a boom pole. Right. And then they're, on the, <laughs> and they're on the moon. That's the thing that I don't understand is like when a newscaster is doing a newscast and he's talking to a cameraman and you know that cameraman is like eight feet away yeah. and it's just him and the cameraman. Like, why are you wearing a mask right now? You're yeah. not interviewing anybody. <laughs> just take the mask off. It's yeah. okay. You're we being kn- sanitized by the tornado. We like, know you're not fine. near anybody. It's okay. <laughs> Um, and you're outside. And you're on the moon. Like, and you're, you're on the you're moon. You're plenty far away, and I don't think COVID travels There's no in space. oxygen. It can't yep. travel. That's what I'm saying. Hey, let's talk about uh, Joe Rody, who took a new job this week. Did you read about this? Uh, you told me that something had happened, and that I wanted to be surprised on the show. So this, oh, good. this is my big moment. Joe Rody has uh, joined Virgin Galactic, an aerospace company uh, that, that is manufacturing air and space travel for private individuals and researchers. Okay. He is being hired as the experience architect for Virgin Galactic. For the ride? I mean, the space thing? (laughs) You didn't mean that. (laughs) I didn't mean that at all. But it fit in perfectly. Uh, Yes, he's bringing his experience as an Imagineer to the job of designing experiences for the company's future astronauts. Wow, that seems really far off. Or far out. Yeah, it seems like it's really far. Is that a thing we're doing in the immediate future? We're having themed, uh, not themed, but like luxury. Like we're having luxury, luxury space travel. Yeah, where it matters that it's that it's. If you talk to Virgin Galactic and Joe Rody, it means that. Yo, there's not so much oxygen in here, but it like it's themed really well. It feels like space. <laughs> it feels like it feels like I'm really going to space. Is that what? No, hold on, we gotta stop joking for a second. Are we talking about him being the cabin designer, sort of the 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 experience designer of actual people going into space, or some kind of simulation? He is the experience architect okay. for people going into space. When are people going into space? I don't know. Next week? No. A year from now? Okay. I know I know SpaceX or whatever is close. Like, Apparently Virgin Galactic is next. Okay. I guess Virgin Galactic has like this, their subspace travel right now, don't they? I guess. Here's my thing though. Like, uh, 
when they say like, hey, Jesus. This is really blowing your mind. It is. It really is because it's like you're getting on a, a thing that's going to go at least into some layers of the atmosphere and you're like, do you, are those seats comfortable? Do you like the way they're facing? I'm like, dude, I don't care. Is it safe? Are we going home? This is my question for okay. you. How much plussing does traveling to space need? <laughs> I know, right? The seats are white. The interior is white. The windows are small. You're that's in it. space. That's it. Did you want to go to space? We took you there. I'm sorry. What is the theme of this cabin? Because I'm just reading sort of like uh, Eva. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't get it. I mean, are we going for like a spaceship vibe here? this was going to be jungly. It feels, feels pretty on the nose that you've made a spaceship. Yeah. I don't know. That's cool. I mean, what a cool title. What a cool project. I feel like... Uh, I feel like when I get on that ship, I want to see one very specific thing. What's that? Safety. Like, I do white. Oh. I just want to see safety. There is one specific thing that I want to see. Space. Space. (laughs) He, uh, Rhodey said, quote, this is one of the most profound things that can happen to you to go beyond the reaches of the earth to space and look back down at it. It is as spectacularly unique, or I'm sorry, it is a spectacularly unique opportunity with huge potential for transformational change in a person. You think uh, you think you work for one of those companies and they have a you go first policy? Like if you work on this, yeah, you, you go, go first. <laughs> you go. No, no, you test out the experience. <laughs> yeah, you, no, I did it in a computer. No, no, no. No, no, you go up there. You get on your multi-part themed outfit you have everybody wearing that's like inspired from your, all the different continents of the world. Your giant bubble helmet that you <laughs> yeah. have. No, it's aesthetic. It doesn't fit in the seat though. No, I like the way it looks. It looks good. You write it first. Okay. I wonder if they have that or if it's just a like, I, it feels cool. Uh, which bears begs the question, again, what is the experience that Joe Rody is going to create yeah. for Virgin Galactic to make it more interesting to go to space? Did you go high? Yeah, yeah, we went high. Did you go fast? Yeah, yeah, we went fast. Did. <laughs> did you go into space? Yep. Did you throw up? Oh, man, you <laughs> yeah. have no idea. What was the experience like? I just told you, we went high. We went fast. We went I space. went to the bathroom in a tube. That's <laughs> yeah. what I could do. That's what it was like. What more experience do you look? I mean, I think there was paintings on the ceiling of the cabin. I don't remember. I don't really remember. Oh, did you see the hidden Mickey? <laughs> It was in the moon. You had to look at the moon and then line up Earth and then the sun. Don't look at the sun. But And then it made a hidden Mickey. You get it for just a few seconds. That's right. You do a small burn. All right, so Joe Rohde is becoming an astronaut. But the Rainforest Cafe at Disneyland is becoming a Star Wars store. Um, What do you think about this? Sort of a newsflash to me that that Rainforest Cafe still exists. (laughs) I think it it was supposed to be torn down. I I think a hotel was supposed to be built Yeah, I thought thought that thing was obliterated. Yeah, no, it's still there. It's not open, is it? It is now. It's a Star Wars store. Oh, um, they already had a Star Wars store. At, this is at Disneyland, downtown Disney? Yes. They already had a Star Wars store on the, if you're walking towards the park from the parking garage on the right-hand side, that was a, like a movie prop. And, it was the Wonderland Studio. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that we, It was small. Like, it was kind of small. Always had a line out of it. Yes. Uh, the Wonderland Studio is going back. Okay. So now they're going to have like- the fine art of the Wonderland studio that is Disney inspired. Right. And they're moving all of the Star Wars stuff over to the Rainforest Cafe. And then they're setting that like it's Maz's temple or something like that. Uh, it looks kind of Maz's temple. Yeah, I feel like the architecture. So they're they're laying a bunch of, uh, you know, jungle tarps and satellite dishes and Star Wars tech on top of what looks like the original Rainforest Cafe architecture. And it sort of works. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like it's it's fine from from that. Uh, I don't like when they do that with 
it, it's fine. It looks still very. If you knew it was, the, if you never knew that was the Rainforest Cafe, you were like weird pull for Star Wars. But it feels like that universe. If you did, you're like, eh, maybe you guys should have done a little bit more. This is what I think. Yeah, tell me what you think. Uh, first of all, I, I I think it's neat that they're doing this. They're making good use of vacant space. Can you get anything really different in these places, or is the is the vibe that it's all in one spot? Uh, what you can get is the merchandise that normally goes into Disneyland, which is closed. Okay. So is this a temp? Is this a pop up? A temporary pop up. I mean, okay. I, I I don't know if they're I don't know if this will stay open once Disneyland opens back up. But right now, this is where all the Galaxy's Edge merchandise goes. Okay. So you can't buy your lightsabers or your robes or whatever it is, or your artisan adats, right? Yes. But, but you yes. can buy them all your here. Adats. Mine doesn't stand up. It just keeps falling. Yeah, it's not over. supposed to. It's authentic. <laughs> yeah, they knit them. They knit them out of a whatever wool. That's right. Uh, Bantha y- hair. Yeah, basically. Bantha hair. It just tips over. They're supposed to. Yeah, that means it it's authentic. Drink your milk. It's artisanal. Finish your milk. It's going to go bad. So you're, I like it. I, I like it too. I think there's a really good opportunity here that if they really wanted to do something cool, they have a built-in restaurant space. Yeah. So why not make it a Star Wars-themed restaurant? Yeah. Which does not exist in Galaxy's Edge. There's the cantina. But there's not like a full sit-down restaurant. There's not. There's that little eatery, Dock 88 or whatever it's called, right, right, right next to Smuggler's Run, which is where you got the tip yip from yep. and all that kind of stuff like that. That is not uh, – I mean, it's a themed restaurant. It's a theme uh, – what, what do you call that? Quick – not quick It's serve. a quick serve, right, isn't it? It's You walk up to a you walk up to a counter order and then – it's like every – it's like Star Trader. It's yeah, like right. It's the, the terrace and all that. But it's not like a – it's not a restaurant. You're right. not sitting not there. You're not being it's served. Not, it's not Blue Bayou in Star Correct. Wars. Correct. Correct. So they could do that here, which I think – That'd be pretty dope, right? Yeah, that would be fun. I think it'd be great. Have yeah. a Star Wars experience that doesn't require. Could going you into do that uh, what's that? What's that night themed restaurant? Medieval times. Could you do medieval times of Star Wars? Oh, where's like lightsaber battles in the middle? Oh man, you! It's like you're writing a love letter to yeah. me right now. Medieval times, Star Wars based medieval times yeah. dinner theater. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. You can do that. Rancor battle. Yes. in the middle. Well, I mean, if you pay extra, that's a premium event that only happens on Fridays, oh the Rancor Battle. Oh, my gosh. I love this idea. Yeah. What, what happens during the week? Just with lightsaber battles? It's lightsaber battles. Yeah, there's like stunt a- Stunt show? Like, do you do a stunt yes, show? Yes, it is more like a stunt show because you need like a plot and some heroines that come out and that guy dies at the end of the year. What's and the something? story conceit that you're eating dinner during that? Well, I think- Because in medieval times, it makes sort of- I guess it makes- Does it make sense? Maybe it doesn't make I, sense I, now I think about it. I think it can make sense in the same- <laughs> That you're eating dinner- <laughs> I think like well, I mean, I like you're I imperial. And you're, well, they're there. We'll see what happens. Is you're there. You were there to watch something else. There was like a knighting going on or some sort of ceremony. Some sort of ceremony. So, and then action breaks out. And then and then from the stands, you know, the the Malians come down yep. and they're and they're and then they're like, and you're we still eating, less. still eating and, your Cornish game hen or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, and then 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 stuff breaks out and they're like, there's only one way to settle this, and that is a good old fashioned uh, saber joust. And you're Anybody's like, hey, they just yay. borrowed the set from Medieval Times. Wait a second. This is the exact same they script. They had horses in space? They just swapped Did out. Did you watch the end of Star Wars? Yes, they had horses. They just added They just had a Jedi in front of knights. Yeah. Uh, I still think that, that somebody should do that. Star Wars dinner theater? Come I'm, on. I'm going for just, I'm just going for straight uh, sit down dinner theater, not dinner theater, straight sit down Star Wars themed dinner. Okay. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah. Droid serving me. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, right? Yeah. So there you go. Let's talk about the biggest news this week before we that t- wasn't get even into the our biggest news. No. We've had astronauts, we've had I know. iridescence, we've had this all This is sorts what happens when we take two weeks off the news. Like we have so many things to talk okay. about. 
Let's talk. Remember, I think it was two weeks ago. We were like, there's no news. Yeah. Now there's all news. Oh, COVID. The Magic Kingdom TV universe okay. is getting created and it is coming to Disney+. Plus. What is that? I knew you were going to ask that. Okay. Ron Moore, who is uh, the developer, he was the creator of a Apple TV Plus show called For All Mankind. Okay. Which I yeah, guess yeah, is yeah. a- Yeah, yeah, You know what this is? Yeah. I don't know what this is. Yeah. I think the reason why I don't know what this is is because it's on Apple TV Plus, so I'm assuming nobody's watching this. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's an astronaut. You know, it's, it's an astronaut space. show. Yeah. Joe Rohde would love it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He also created- the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. He was the experience director for thinking about the show. He didn't, he didn't work on it or <laughs> yeah, anything. Exactly. But just if you're going to think about the show, he did the he experience did work on that. He's like, what would it be like if we did a show about astronauts? Yeah. People are like, that's genius, yeah. Ron Moore. He also did Battlestar Galactica, which I don't okay. know if you watched that reboot. It I was did. phenomenal. Yeah, I did watch the reboot okay. and liked it. He's developing, uh, the Hollywood Reporter is uh, saying that he is developing a franchise for Disney Plus that is set in Disney's Magic Kingdom and that it's going to tell stories in a connected Magic Kingdom universe. I'm still trying to understand what this means. I mean, I still don't understand what this means. The Hollywood Reporter says the first project in the works of the so-called Magic Kingdom universe is the Society of Explorers and Adventures, which is set in a world where all the themed lands and characters of the Disney parks and the classic films actually exist in reality together yeah so i get it now pirates of the caribbean and jungle cruise exist tomorrowland exists Fantasyland exists haunted mansion exists and they're all interconnected yeah and the idea according to sources is to explore characters like jungle cruise skippers or prospectors from big thunder mountain or the climbers of the matterhorn or the residents of on haunted mansion as a part of a world called the Society of, of uh, Explorers and Adventurers. Yeah, I think you go two ways with this. You go uh, Night at the Museum, Kingdom Keepers, I think it's called. Well, originally, John Favreau was going to do a Magic Kingdom movie, which was Night at the Museum, but in Magic Kingdom. Yeah, and there's a book series that's loosely Oh, yeah, about, Keepers of the Kingdom. Yeah, Keepers of the Kingdom yeah. uh, there. So you go that way with it, which is something I've always wanted. Kingdom Keep, the key, Kingdom Keepers. Yeah, I've always wanted that. I've always, I've always personally wanted to write that. Like, yeah. I, I'm super into that. Or you go the sort of... Uh, you know the uh, this is the world these things exist in. They're not really connected to the park in any magical way, but they they are the real life versions of the things you saw in the park, uh, and that's awesome. Super less interesting to me for some reason. Really? Yeah. So there's a thing that you and I've talked about briefly, and we'll cover on the show at some point. But there is a uh, a, a interconnected story thread through all of the parks and and a lot of the attractions. Yeah. That the Imagineers have created called the Society of Explorers Adventures or yeah. Disney Sea. Okay, and it is phenomenal when you yeah. get into it to see how all these little things are connected and how uh, Tower of Terror in Japan is connected to Jungle Cruise, which yeah. is connected to Indiana Jones, which is it phenomenal. If they did that, I'm 100% in, and it sounds like maybe that's what they're going for here is that it's going to be serialized stories of these different explorers yeah, and adventures. Yeah, they out of the park. That's great. I, I, but you're not interested in that. Oh, and in my mind, that is, I would rather see that as a movie called The Society of Explorers and whatever mm-hmm. and have some main characters in that that connect those those areas together. Promise me six movies. Make it those big. You know, then that sounds interesting to me uh, to do that so 
disparate where there it's almost like um what do you call that like steven uh spielberg's amazing story and then they rebooted amazing stories and these these sort of like twilight zoney things uh i just think it's i think it's harder to attach that where it's like i didn't like the matterhorn episode that the jungle cruise one was good i don't really know what all this means that's a worry but what if it does all then rock then rock on yeah yeah then i'm super excited if they can actually pull that off i think it's a difficult task because i i think i'm more interested in this well to be totally honest i'm interested in both ideas i would love the king keeper Night at the Museum right. series, which which actually was being developed. I heard that. Yeah, I heard. Oh, we reported on that. I think it oh. was um, that Bob Suds and Bantha show. I think they said something. They about said it. something about it. that's a great show. You should listen yeah, to. Yes, it's okay. Five stars. It was uh, Kevin Smith was developing it. Oh and then, right, yeah. And then it got shelved or it got killed. I need more content. You absolutely do need more content. WandaVision is going to be ending pretty soon. Don't say things like that. We were having a good podcast. That's true. We haven't even talked about it. The most important TV event ever and we've never even talked about it ever hey remember uh remember when i said wandavision was better than the mandalorian and i lost my mind (laughs) you yelled at me in front of you know not a few number of college students and you just like it's like the world went away and i just it was just you and me tunnel rage it was just you and me just on like a water plane and just darkness and i was just leaning into you going like don't be so hypocritical. Yeah, it was exactly like Lord of the Rings, where uh, where where Gandalf warns him about the ring, and he's like, and he's like, oh, don't take me for it. Was, and everything it was, gets darker. It gets a darker. And he gets yeah. really, like, it gets really yeah. large. It was exactly like it that. It was scene. like that. I was like, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I know. Aaron. I was there. I remember what it felt like. Well, I stand by my statement. You should yeah. be ashamed. And of I yourself. stand by my statement. One division is just a an ad- thrill ride adventure. Listen, this is what we're going to do. When it all wraps up, we are going to spend an entire episode talking about one. Okay, that I will take that as a concession for not being able to talk about it while it's running. Yes. That's okay. the, that's a concession. Hey, is there more news items? Uh no, we're done with news No right way. Now. I know, believe it or not. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're talking about Fantasyland and you will not believe the changes over the years and how different it looks now compared to the opening in 1955. And I think you'll be surprised at how much is the same. It's the same but different. It's totally the same Just but like different. Just like us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's cooking time. Oh, what time is it? It's got storm. Oh, yes, it's cooking time. Oh, what time is it? It's got storm. Oh, yes, it's cooking time. Are there any words to the song? No, there isn't. That's okay. We like the ones you came up with. Thank you for the Oh, I'm going to eat a cookie. Okay, good. Wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's cookie time. Is it? I feel like we need a new cookie time song. No. I went back to the original. I know you did. There's another cookie time song coming. Someday? Yeah, it's just not right now. Okay, right on. I'm still waiting for a... Uh, are you checking in to make sure we're still recording? No, I'm seeing how long we talked about the news for. An hour. <laughs> That's nothing. That's nothing. Nothing like our want. slumber party is going to be. Oh, man. Both of our wives are going to be like, would you please be quiet? We're trying to sleep. What are you guys doing now? You wake us up for rope Scott drop. Scott and I are going to go downstairs and just run around the lobby. It's going to be awesome. You guys want You guys want to come? We're going to the pool. <laughs> it's 2.30 in the morning. Guys, it's four hours before rope drop. We got to get up right now.
Oh, it's gonna be exhausted. Our our family is gonna be so exhausted by Why us going to Disney World. Why did you not sleep in your shoes? Now you got to put them on in time. We're gonna oh, be late. Great. We're gonna be late. I'm so like that when we go to Disneyland. 100%. We'll take it easy. Get up when you guys want to. I've been here a hundred times. It's gonna be fine. Doesn't matter. Like we'll get over there when we get over there. Six fifteen. I'm like, why is everybody not up? How long is this gonna? You want to get breakfast first? Do, why? Do you know how long we're gonna be waiting? Get do you have park. any you idea? Get in how the long park. Gonna... They have pickles. It's fine. Have a pickle for breakfast. You'll be fine. Yeah. That was cookie time. What a delightful part of the show. I gotta eat a cookie. And then are you gonna eat more of these tonight? No, they're in my office. Oh, that's probably good. Mm-hmm. It, the jar that they're in has an has an O ring on it or some sort of. A, okay, good. That's what I like to hear. Vacuum sealed. Hey, you want to talk about Fantasyland or the idea of Fantasyland? I want to finish eating my cookie. Okay, fair enough. These are cute little bags. They're half bags. They're baguettes. Baguettes. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if the other people that eat uh, use this podcast studio are like, why are there? You ever notice there's like a lot of cookie crumbs in here? It's weird. What is the Cookie Monster podcast in here? What is going <laughs> yeah, he on? He does. You watch your mouth. Of course he does. Oh, he would. Uh, he would be a great podcaster. Rum, 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 rum. Cookie Monster. Uh, so listen, we're riding high off of our conversation with Tom Morris. Yeah, last we are. Week. Got us talking about uh, Disney in the '80s, which is when Tom worked. Was somebody just knock at the door? I don't know. You want to check? Not, Do you think there's somebody outside the door right now? Maybe. You think it's Tom Morris? I don't know. I, he didn't say he was going to make it up this week. I don't know. She's like, what is all that racket in there? I'm podcasting, Mom! <laughs> People think we record this on a podcast studio. I don't know. We do it underneath my bunk beds. I took the bottom, I took the bottom bunk out, just threw it out. And That's made right. A, made no, a, no, you made a sound wall. You took yeah, the mattress made a, made and made a, a sound podcast wall fort. Yeah. Uh, we're a podcast fort mom so uh, yeah we we talked about uh, with Tom K. Morris talked about the 80s talked about a little bit not a lot about his involvement in the the redesign of Fantasyland but it right. did get me thinking it got me thinking right Scott. because the, the time period that he was talking about was also when Epcot was opening and so yeah. you, a lot of work on Epcot but before he went over to Epcot he was working on Fantasyland and Tomorrowland and Disneyland and so it got you thinking. This was your show topic. So why don't you uh, talk about why, what, what, what brought you to this point in suggesting that we talk about fantasy? Land? It was definitely the interview with. Uh, it was definitely that interview with Tom, uh, with Mr. Morris, and thinking about what he'd done and what that era was like. It was the idea that uh, Fantasyland and specifically the cues for Peter Pan's flight, and I would say Snow White feel like some of the most Disneyland stuff that there is. And I would say yeah. Peter Pan, for especially the queue for Peter Pan, once you clear the chains and you get into the wood, the, sort of the wood part of the queue area, to me, there's no, nothing feels more Disney than that spot. Uh, like at, those switchbacks. Yeah, and, those just yeah. those wood switchbacks mm-hmm. right before you get on Peter Pan's flight. That just feels very Disney. I have memories of that queue at every age. And so it was interesting mm-hmm. to think, like, I was actually alive and probably went to Disneyland when it didn't look that way, but right. I, I don't have any memory of that. Yes, and so I think that Fantasyland is uh, is often said, I think it was even said by Walt possibly, that it's the most magical land of all, or it's the most Disney of the Disneyland lands. It's it's in the center of the park. It was certainly his favorite of the lands. Yeah, and and yeah, and it, it's it's got its history in their movies and all this kind of stuff. And so it's just it was odd for me to think like this thing had another life. Uh, before it and the stuff in it that I equate to be so Disneyland, so representative of Disney and Disneyland, 
not actually designed when Walt was even alive. This this comes way later, and it had a long life uh, as this different as this different thing, yeah, themed differently, things in different locations. And I thought it'd be neat to just take a high level look at what used to be in Fantasyland in 1955 when the park opened. What was there? Uh, what came in 1960 and and hung around for a while, and then yeah, in, sort of the evolution. Of yeah, the and then in '83, I think was when the is that right? '83, '80, the new Fantasyland in when the new Fantasyland yep. came along. What did we lose? What did we keep? Where where did things used to be? And I thought it would just be fun to look at that. It's an interesting story, and uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to exploring it. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but let's start at the beginning. So Walt's original dedication of Fantasyland. Let's start there. He yeah. says, "Here is a land of imagination, hopes, and dreams." In this timeless land of enchantment, the age of chivalry, magic, and make-believe are reborn, and fairy tales come true. Fantasyland is dedicated to the young and the young at heart, to those who believe that when you wish upon a star, your dreams do come true. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's good. When Walt was looking at uh, Disneyland, he was designing Disneyland, he had much grander visions for Fantasyland than actually turned out to be. Yeah. Uh, my my understanding is that he wanted a fairy tale village village for Fantasyland, but the budget for Disneyland at that point was three hundred percent over where it was supposed yeah. to be, and so he had to scale back. Yeah, so they exceeded the budget by the full budget, and then right. did that, and again. then some, <laughs> yeah, a couple times over, yeah, and uh, and so then he had to scale back what his expectations for Fantasyland yeah. were, which then makes the Fantasyland story look very different than the way it looks now. So what ended up happening, of course, is yeah. that he scaled back mm-hmm. from the fairy tale village to a medieval fair. Yeah. Uh, and and all the Bavarian, attractions. Like Bavarian-themed fair? Well, Tents no, and... the, the Bavarian theme, I think, comes later. Like, okay. this is, like, really, like, Renaissance fair. Medieval times, if you will. Yeah. Uh, where it's just banners and flags and all of the attractions, all the dark ride attractions at that point. It was like if you were at a jousting tournament and you went to the gift shop, that's what it looked like. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, if you were at a jousting tournament, but then suddenly you wanted to get on a flying pirate galleon. Yeah. You would go. It's just right over there to the left. Right over there. And they had like uh, like makeshift ticket booths and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so the story, as I understand it, where, was that the attractions were brought into the castle courtyard of mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty's castle for temporary festivities. So that's sort of like how they shoehorned this idea of like, well, we had to make the, the decor of it look temporary because we couldn't afford like the the real the real thing oh so that was the, th- the theme was temporary the theme was temporary the, uh, there's a pop-up uh, there's a pop-up like fair a pop-up fair and oh interesting yeah i think i mean i don't know i think it's important to note that the i think generally maybe matterhorn and how you count the subs and all that depending but the footprint of Fantasyland has stayed the same it's bordered in by the back of casey jr uh storyland canal boats that kind of makes a a, you can't go any further back than that. Yeah, do you, you look like you disagree. Well, I was a... The sto- castle boundaries it in on one side. That was... I, th- I think we should circle back to that. Okay. Because I have a question about what you think the the boundaries of fantasy yeah, are. Yeah, I had the same question. Okay. Do you want... Should we, let's, let's, let's save that to the end. Middle. Middle. Yeah. But your point, though, is that Fantasyland is sort of structured in this way and that those boundaries more or less don't change very much. Yeah. 
it's a relatively small footprint, especially yeah. in 1955. If you take the shotgun, if you walk through the castle, you're walking through the castle, and then don't do it, this. It, don't do. Don't this. shoot a shotgun. No, no. I mean, it, it spreads. Like it's oh spreads, right. It yes. spreads out at these yeah. two angles. Oh thank goodness. Those <laughs> those angles have had some changes, but more or less that part of Fantasyland, just the part that spreads out after you walk into the castle, where you would have Peter Pan on the left and Snow White, uh, Snow White on the left, Peter Pan on the right. Yep. That has stayed the same as it shoots back towards Correct. Casey Juniors. Correct. And what? where Dumbo is now. But the layout is the layout in between that buckshot yes. to use your to borrow your same analogy yeah. is very very different Super than what different. It was. Yeah. Do you want to go into sort of what was there uh in 1955? Yeah, me, yeah. Uh yeah, 1955. Let me we'll take you we'll start at the cat we'll start at the castle. Yeah. Everything's pretty much the same. You pretty wa- much. you walk through the castle. The uh, first thing I think that you're going to notice uh, that's different is you're going to run right into King Arthur's carousel. Uh, yeah, like right, you, you right in the middle. Yeah, like you don't even come out of the castle before you run into the carousel. You are all these people here. It's like, well, we put a ride right in the inside of the castle. Yeah, but I'm stuck in the breezeway of the castle. Yeah, yeah I know. You got to wait until those people get off the. So the I think carousel. that's hugely interesting from a congestion point of view, from a walking through and not being able to get the the look at the where we get now that the, the half timber buildings are on side yep. and there's a lot of height there. Yep. Um, and then right past, uh, again, off to your right would have been Peter Pan, off to your left would have been Snow White. Those things would have been existed there yep but right past king arthur's carousel uh you're gonna get the teacups like immediately after the the two spinny rides right in the middle you want to make sure you look to the outside don't look to the middle of fantasy land during this time you're going to get sick just from that because those things might be spinning in opposite Opposite directions directions. you're Uh, definitely getting vertigo as you're walking past both of them yeah so that's that's just nuts to me of how much spin and how many rides there are in now what is uh pretty much a walking area yes and a spreading out area you have the sword and the the sword and the stone sort of attraction and king arthur's that's all you got kind of there right now yeah Uh, where the sword and the stone yeah well you keep going keep going yeah and so uh so you hit king arthur's you hit the teak Cups, yes, uh, and then you don't hit Dumbo. Instead of that, you hit a pirate ship, yes. which has its own history, which we'll talk about in a second. And then Dumbo, instead of being where Dumbo should be, Dumbo's actually to the left where Pinocchio's restaurant is, Geppetto's restaurant uh, at the exit or entrance to the Skyway across that little there. It's now a restaurant there that had right. the world's worst ham turkey sandwich for a Isn't little while. Isn't that the... Uh, uh the Red Rose Tavern, isn't that, that what that, that is? Is that what it's called here? Red Rose Tavern or something house? Anyways, that's There's where, like that's Pinocchio Village is. House and then there's the Red Rose Tavern. I think they share similar space. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking of. Basically, if you walk directly down the center of, if you could walk down the center of Fantasyland, yeah. you would walk through the carousel, yep. you would walk through the teacups, yep. right before you got to the pirate ship, you would yep. hang a left, yep. and you would sort of curve around to the left before you hit Dumbo. And Dumbo's way over there on the border of Frontierland. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Alice, uh, different ride, but in the similar area. Not there at this point. Not even there at 1955. Correct. Alice is not there yet. Uh, Storyland is there and is similar layout, if not exactly the same. Yep. Casey Jr. is there. Same similar layout. layout. Same layout. And Matterhorn, obviously not there. Correct. And yeah. Mr. Toads. What is not there is Pinocchio. Which it is Fantasyland Theater. Is that right? Fantasyland. Well, originally it was the Mickey Mouse Club Theater. Oh, fun. Which then became the Fantasyland Theater. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And pretty much, more or less, it is that way for Mr. Toad's different, many, many though, years. Is a different ride, or it had different scenes, or it was smaller, or something like that. Shorter ride, shorter track, uh, less scenes. Yeah, and uh, but but present. Yeah. If you take a look at photos from Fantasyland in 1955 yeah. to really up until 1983, it is a congested mess. Yeah, like it is. I mean. We complain about Disneyland being so crowded now because of annual passes and yeah. people just hanging out at the park and whatnot. 
But if you take a look at the traffic flow of people in Fantasyland, it is so congested. Yeah, and it's almost reverse of what it is now. Like in that period, it looked like the congestion point was the middle courtyard of the castle yes, exactly. around Super, and then that back by by where Dumbo is now and uh, Casey Jr. and all that. Um, that breezeway seemed a little more airy, and now because that's like a highway to get from yes. Frontierland uh, over to stuff like it's that, it's so much more crowded now. It's so much more crowded yeah. there now, and it's almost like the interior courtyard spot is a little more breezy. Yeah, because um, you don't want to walk through the castle because it's closed for fireworks or people are taking pictures. Or, or do you whatever. walk through the castle at any moment, anytime you can? Do you walk through the castle? Not anytime we can, but we do do that on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I like doing it. I don't care if I get in somebody else's pictures. Some of the time I'm trying to be in somebody else's pictures. You love being in people's pictures. You don't mind it at all. In fact, if you've got a picture with Aaron Robbins in it, that's collector's Please. item. Please, yeah, send it He'll in. He'll sign it. Yeah, I will. Send it back to you. So that's 1960. And then uh, the, the pirate ship, uh, as I understand, was a very plain version of that. Oh, do particular. you mean the chicken of the sea pirate ship? The chicken of the sea restaurant and pirate ship. Yes. Which was just floating in water. It was. I heard that, that this is, uh, maybe we'll talk about this now. I heard that they didn't, they built that thing in the like the mill shop that was over by Main Street, I guess. Uh, so they didn't build it in its place. I heard this is just a rumor, but I heard that then they lifted it by crane the ship because it's supposed to be the magical pirate ship from Peter Pan. Yeah, right? it's it is Captain Hook's ship. It's Captain Hook's ship, and would and would be renamed that at some point. Yeah. So I, I, I those, as the story goes, it was built over off of Main Street somewhere, and then lifted by crane in pieces or all at once in there, and so that that pirate ship did actually fly. Into fantasy. Oh, it flew into fantasy <laughs> because it was flew by, by crane. By crane, but I, I understand that the the original sort of water it stood in was kind of plain in 1955, and then in 1960 they added. It became more tropical. They built Skull Rock. And, oh, are we talking about the Chicken in the Sea restaurant? The right Chicken now? in the Sea restaurant. So the Chicken of the Sea restaurant was built into a pirate ship, as you yeah. just described. It was there opening day 1955. Yeah. It promoted all the tuna you could eat. Oh, is that the thing? That was is the that thing. something people want? That begs a good question. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get enough tuna. Can I have more? No. Say yeah. all you can eat tuna place. Oh, uh, listen, I didn't pay <laughs> for the book of tickets here to not eat as much tuna as I want. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to go on the carousel after uh, this? Yeah, not I'm after going to Main Street. <laughs> He's going to Main Street. He's talking to guest services. Yeah. Listen to me. This should really be all you can eat tuna. Because uh, my kid was eating it and he was still hungry. He was still hungry. Uh, um, so chicken of the sea they're looking through like a standard like an SOP manual standard operating procedures they have no idea how to respond to is this a, I haven't eaten enough tuna today yeah we didn't ever think about that we thought about thought the we didn't think about the heels in the in the concrete and then all you can eat tuna I just, didn't it, just, I, it just never occurred to me that people would be tuna is a tuna. hot enough item in 1955 to warrant all you can eat status I have a note here it ain't chicken wings I have a note here yeah. that says all you can eat tuna Yay! Hot Anaheim day! Exclamation <laughs> yeah, right? point! Yeah, you guys keep this mayonnaise in like a cooler? Or are you keeping the water just on the outside of the? Oh no, boat? it's room temperature. It's the way people <laughs> yeah, like it. Exactly. You could buy at the Chicken of the Sea. Yeah, tell me. Pirate ship. You could get tuna sandwiches, Yum. tuna burgers. Nope. Tuna salad in a little boat. Okay, I take that boat home. Or tuna pie. What the heck, man? What's tuna pie? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you're so scared. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Let's try it. I'll try it once. I'm We're on not, vacation. I'm not going to Google. Is it good? Do I'm you not like going to Google search it. <laughs> you don't want to Google search it. I have no idea what tuna pie is, right but on. that is something that you could get. I'm assuming they mean tuna casserole. 
I'm assuming oh, that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah, mean. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It's some kind of baked. It's got to be a. It's got to be like a tuna casserole that's baked into a pie. Yeah. But I have never heard of that. But clearly, that was something people craved in 1955. Totally awesome idea for a restaurant, though. As a kid, you tell me that there's a, a restaurant that serves any kind of food that's in a pirate ship that's in the middle of a lagoon. You walk in and you order. I'm like, yeah, I don't care what they serve. Tuna pie, I'll eat that. I want to go into that restaurant. It's awesome. That is awesome. Do you think a restaurant that only serves tuna-based meals is that going is, to be successful uh, in an Anaheim no, theme park? That is not awesome, but big sponsor. That boat was expensive to build. Oh, man. Chicken of the Sea is like, we are getting our money's worth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's like, well, do they have anything else? Maybe they have like regular hamburgers? It's like, No, we got tuna burgers. <laughs> Isn't it just like a tuna sandwich with a different bun? Uh. Yeah, but we, we, we make sure that's in more of like a patty form. Oh, okay, so it's shape and bun. Yeah, it's it looks like a burger. Got it. Tastes like tuna. <laughs> yeah, it's. I wonder if that's. Can true. I get a hot dog? <laughs> we got the hot dog buns. You know what we're putting in that? No, hold on. I think we can do a tuna hot dog. Three give scoops me a of second, tuna. Babe. Jerry, give me some gloves. We'll roll this thing up real quick. Here we go. So I'm making a snake. How many uh, ice cream scoops do you think they used that they scooped out tuna? Like just a huge yeah. vat of tuna. They're just scooping out and putting it on stuff. That's a fun restaurant. It is a fun restaurant. It, it's a cool idea for a restaurant. There's no way all day long that's the a pirate cool ship. Idea. Yes, yes, absolutely. The super cool. One hundred percent. So that's there, and that's there for a long time. And it makes sense because a pirate ship, a magical one, even sails on the sea. One hundred percent. Probably they probably harpoon or magically hook fish, and they probably ate that a lot. Shmi probably. What does Shmi order? You he, mean Smee? Why do I keep calling him Shmi? I don't, I don't know. He doesn't have an H. There's uh, no H in his Smee. Smee. What does Smee order? Uh, Captain Hook. He gets the sandwich, I think, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Can, what is he? What does Smee order yeah. at? Uh, when he gets the chicken, chicken of the, the sea, sea pirate ship. Yeah. I think he goes for uh, I I think he goes for a hot tuna fish sandwich. Yeah. With a slice of uh, tuna pie a la mode. Yeah. I think yeah. he gets a tuna pie all day long because he's a little weird. What do you think the a la mode in the tuna pie is? Potato, potato salad. Yeah, potato salad. Hey, do you want mostly mayonnaise for lunch? <laughs> Do you want mostly hot mayonnaise for lunch? Some canned fish. Can I get some canned fish with yeah, that too? Some, yeah, you can get a little canned fish, but mostly you can get some room temperature mayonnaise. We got a ton of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I go in the teacups afterwards? You can go right on the teacups. You can eat this in line for the teacups. You can probably take it on the teacups. This is what I would like. Can you please give me yeah. some like 72 degree mayonnaise? Yep. Sure uh, can. Put that in some sort of pie crust with mm-hmm. a little bit of canned fish. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna go ride three spinner rides in a row. Exactly. Yeah, I almost wanted. That. I don't want. I'm not hating on on this because I think the pirate ship was awesome. I it think is the settings awesome. awesome. I think Skull Rock was awesome, and I think the idea of a of a uh, of a restaurant in a pirate ship that you walk in would have blown my mind. Totally. I'm a fan of tuna fish. So at, at that point in time. <laughs> so in 1960, the uh, the chicken of the sea. And I don't dislike tuna fish. Sorry, I just want to say I it. love it's tuna fine. fish. It's fine. I love tuna fish. I don't think I'm eating tuna fish. In my theme park day. No, that's not. Like, I don't think so. Oh, I hope they have this. Of all the things I want to try. I mean, today. unless it's like super chilled. Yeah. If it's a super chilled tuna mm-hmm. fish sandwich, then I'd have it on my theme park day. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I question the refrigerator tactics of 1955 right, exactly. theme park food. What they call the cold chain. Right, exactly. You keep, <laughs> Put this on a block of ice for a while. You gotta keep the cold chain intact, yeah. my friend. So, where were we? Chicken of the Sea. Chicken of the Sea pirate ship gets renamed to Captain Hook's Galley in yep. 1960. Because Chicken of the Sea takes off. 
because Chicken in the Sea takes off. They're not I'm sorry, true. did I say 1960? Skull Rock gets added in yeah, 1960. Yeah, they add a bunch of pl- they add a bunch of plants. It becomes very tropical. They have like a water. They have like a water features and that sort of thing. You can eat sort of next makes, to Skull Rock. Yeah, and it makes sense. Skull Rock, first of all, in my opinion, I've pictured what Skull Rock must have looked like in my mind since I learned about it a long time ago. Yeah, and I looked up a bunch of pictures recently. It seems a little bit smaller than I than I. Yes. It seems smaller than I thought it should be, but it's cool that it's connected to Storyland Canal Boats because it makes sense with the water and right. the water coming down and through there, Skull and, Rock or whatever. And there are still remnants of Skull Rock at Disneyland right now. I mean, you would not be able to tell it. You no, would not but be able tell to tell. me, tell me, tell me. But there is rock formations. The back of Skull Rock is uh, abuts up against, I believe, Story like, Storybook Canal Boats. So yeah. you can see where the back of Skull Close to Rock Monstro. Was. I mean, it's right. like off Monstro's, right. off Monstro's back somewhere. Right. Yeah. And, and there's a, a pathway. I don't know if the pathway is still the same pathway, but I I think, I believe, you could walk through Skull Rock. Like, I think uh, you could you could get your your tuna pie and yeah. salad in a boat. Yep. And then you could eat behind the ship uh, in the the... Again, the tropical Skull Rock area, yeah. and I think you could walk through Skull Rock, yeah, uh, through behind through waterfalls, it maybe. Be, behind it or yeah. through it, one or the other. But you're right; I don't think Skull Rock is as big as I would as, as I would see it in my mind, right? Uh, but the the rock feature itself is pretty large, just and the neat. skull and portion super neat, that, yeah, that super neat looking, yeah, very very neat. That's the back would, of Fantasyland where Dumbo is now. So when you ride Dumbo, that's right. think about tuna fish. You think won't all, not be able to now. I probably yeah. just ruined Dumbo for That's you. That's right. Sorry. Now, whenever you, in fact, the legend says yes. when you ride Dumbo, if you smell hard enough, <laughs> you can smell old tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> yep. Sorry about that. Was a romantic ride. It was. Not, now not it's anymore. gross. <laughs> so, Skull Rock Lagoon is added in 1960. Chicken in the Sea pirate ship gets renamed to Captain Hook's Galley in 1969. They're still serving food there at that point in time? Yeah, yeah. It's still a working restaurant at that okay. point. Okay. Uh, it continues to be a working restaurant until its removal, and we'll get to its removal uh, yeah. in a little bit. Let's get to its removal. Oh. 1966, we're bouncing all around here. Sorry, 1958, okay. Alice in Wonderland gets built. Yay! Yay. Does it always have the outdoor section to it? I believe it always has the outdoor section okay. to it. So uh, Alice gets built in 1958, 1959. What's by the teacup? Where, what's where the teacups would be? If Alice is there and the teacups are in the middle of Fantasyland, what's where the teacups are? Nothing. This is like an entryway to Holiday Mountain or something like that? Yeah, I believe it's just Holiday Mountain, which is, is of course, where the Matterhorn ends up going. So uh, Mr. Toad's is the last thing in Fantasyland at that point. Right. And then you hit Holiday Hill, and then it takes you over to to Tomorrowland. Was Holiday Hill unlanded? I believe it was unlanded. Wow. Yeah, I believe it was just a place for teenagers to make out. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It was called Young Loveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the that was the theme. The theme was budding romance. You know they're not just walking around up there looking at trees, Walt. Well, everybody seems to be going up there. I love this attraction. They can't get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, so in 1959, uh, Holiday Hill gets demolished and the Matterhorn gets built. Yeah. Also, uh, in 19, then in 1965... The Skyway buckets are built. Yeah, and so Fantasyland is now connected to Tomorrowland through the Matterhorn. Yep. Nineteen sixty-six, Small World gets brought over from the nineteen sixty-four World's Fair. Yeah. So that expands Fantasyland a little bit. Yep. Back, pushes pushes, pushes back. It back. Uh, and then, uh, for the most part, not a lot of things change at that point. From you know nineteen what what we say nineteen sixty-eight from the Skyway buckets up until nineteen eighty-three. 1983 is a very, very big year for the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. Tokyo Disneyland opens. 
Mickey's Christmas Carol debuts, uh, which, side note, is like way shorter than I remember it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I remember that thing being a full feature length movie and yeah. now it's like over in 27 minutes. Yeah, it, it, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happened there. I don't, I guess it's just kid brain. Yep. Uh, the Disney channel launches in 1983. Right on. But the biggest of all things that happened in 1983 is new fantasy land, new fantasy land, which opens on May 26, 1983. And this brings a huge facelift to fantasy land. Yeah. I mean, gigantic. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, what happens in 1983 with Fantasyland? I can talk about what I do know, and I'll start with this, and maybe yeah. we'll end with this. It'll be a nice little train. But uh, I think during construction of the new Fantasyland, the drawbridge of the castle gets raised. That's correct. Which is huge, because the only other time I think it had been raised was during the construction of Disneyland or something. Yeah, it's a, uh, so Sleeping Beauty's castle has a working drawbridge. Yeah. And that has only raised and lowered twice in its history. Yeah. The first time it lowered was on 1955. Yep. The second time it lowered was in 1983. For the release of the, the Fantasyland. Yeah, so, it, so it, is, it is up. It is, is masking the construction that's going on in Fantasyland. So new Fantasyland, you'll talk about the re-theming and all that kind of stuff like that, but they, but they, they go away from this fair, this jousting gift shop thing. And that's go, right. And go into a more European-style thing. Yeah. King Arthur's goes where it's supposed to go. I think Teacups goes where it's supposed to go. Yeah, uh, so basically... There's almost like a lot of leapfrogging that takes place. Yeah, King Arthur's carousel jumps into the teacup space. Yep, which is where it is now. Yeah, it's like checkers or something. Yeah, and then uh, teacups jumps over to where Alice is. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, of course. Like a little Alice mini land. That was my teacups. I knew exactly what that. Oh, right on. That means I'm doing well. You're doing very well. Yeah. The Dumbo, the flying elephants. Yep. It originally called. Dumbo flying elephants. Yeah. Gets changed to Dumbo the flying elephant. They're all Dumbo. They're all Dumbo. Which one did you write? I wrote Dumbo. I wrote Dumbo. Yeah. I didn't know this until I did a little research for the show, but the original Dumbos had hinged ears. So when you went up and down, they flapped. Yeah, I think I did hear that. Oh, man, that's something I would love to see them bring back. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? They have a huge sign on that says, don't stick your fingers in the flaps. Like, come on. Don't stick your fingers in the flaps. Don't stick your fingers in the flaps. What else do I know that gets changed? Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go from memory here. I don't want to read my notes. Uh, I want to talk more just about the updates to the attractions because the attractions, we're not ready for that. We're not going to talk about the updates We're not the talking about that. Yeah, let's talk more about physical location we changes. We need to talk about more leapfrogging. Oh, yeah. What else leapfrogged? Well, Dumbo. Dumbo yeah. gets moved from where it was. Pinocchio's eatery. To, yep, from which now Pinocchio's eatery, maybe the Red Rose Tavern? We don't know. Something like that. You might be right. Gets moved over to where... Captain Hook's galley is, and oh. the pirate ship. Oh, tell me, I know, I know. Pirate ship goes away. Kind of. The story is. Tell me that they were going to try to salvage. <laughs> I read somewhere Captain they were going to try to. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I actually read online somewhere they were going to try to sail it over to Small World. No, they were not. That's what I read. What kind of weird blog are you reading on that? Exactly. That? People just making stuff up. Sail I, it over to Small How would they, they even do that? It's a building. It's not a ship. It doesn't sail. It gonna, is a ship. They're going to sail it through uh, Storyland Canal boats. They're going to build a waterway? Yeah. Yeah. There is no waterway that connects it didn't, Small it, World it to- It didn't happen. It, it clearly didn't happen. I think I really did read this somewhere that that was- an idea proposed, a legend, a rumor. I know what actually and happened Disney to it. Disney fans are the worst sometimes. I, I know Just what actually happened to it. And it's, I'm it's, kidding. It's, I'm it's kidding, not, Disney it's, fans. It's not nice what happened to it. It's not nice what happened to it. Yeah. What happened to it was they tried to pull it out of the water, 
that it had been sitting in since 1955. Yeah. And basically the entire bottom rotted away and they just pulled up part of a pirate ship. <laughs> Is this whole thing made of tuna fish or just the sandwiches? <laughs> There's a lot of tuna at the bottom <laughs> were, of this. Turns out the employees were just packing it in here. Yeah, and I, I heard it just It got, was the tuna that was holding the ship together. And then when that was gone... It was gone. And I heard it just got destroyed. The they didn't, there's not a piece of it saved. I heard it got destroyed. There are pieces of it saved. Where? Which will take us into the thing you want to talk about, which is the re uh, reimagining of the rides. Real quick on the pirate ship, though. Yeah. They did pay, uh, they gave a nod to it when they built uh, the expansion to the Disneyland Hotel in 80, 90 something. There was, a, there was a pirate ship over there. But then when they redid the pool just in the last five years that's now gone too so no they no. should never have redone that pool do you really think so yeah it should always been the neverland pool i like the neverland pool yeah 100 percent. yeah and it had a little it had a little pirate ship homage to the chicken of the sea restaurant yeah. in there and that's now gone as well so it really is gone gone crocs bits and bits and bites right uh crocs bits and bites was near there yeah, yeah. I mean, it was right there that became the trader whatever trader but, so where are you telling me these remnants of the ship are in peter uh peter pan's flight Oh, really? Yeah, so they were able of to- Of the chicken of the sea thing? Of the chicken Why of the sea thing. Why is this blowing my mind right it now? Let's go to Disneyland. Right now. We should go. Let's go right now. Let's just insist well, let's see we this. have to go there. Well, tell them we do a podcast. Don't you understand we do a podcast we about just this did place? A, we just did a bit. I, I, I'm, I'm so fanciful about the chicken of the sea restaurant now. I can see bits of this in Peter Pan's you flight. You can see bits and bites- of yeah. the Chicken of the Sea uh, pirate ship. Peter Pan's flight kind of unchanged from opening day other than they built that house part at the beginning, the not London house. Sort of, not yeah. entirely. Okay. This, go- again, gets into a whole theme that we talk about, the- Ride updates. Th- the ride updates. So before we get into the ride okay. updates, let me answer your question. Please do. The riggings, the lanterns, and other props from Captain Hook's uh, ship. In ship the, in the-, the, the one room that's really two that's separated by the sail. Right. Yeah. Those There are props from Captain Hook's galley that are in those show scenes. I love that, though. That I love that that's in there. Yeah. So they were able to put that in, in the ride. Yay. And, uh, and as well, put Peter Pan into the ride. Yeah, that's nice. Because I think you were going to talk about the theory of theme park uh, dark rides. I think the original theory... Was that you are the hero Correct. or heroine, and you were writing the movie, but you get to be the main character? What's better than that? What's better What's than better than that? Than watching the movie and being like, "Yeah, I like that. I want to live that." And then going go to Disneyland. You can ride that and be that person. Uh, but what ended up happening when people went on the Peter Pan ride and was like, "Where the heck is Peter, Peter Pan?" Pan? It's, it says Peter Pan right outside. Where's there Peter was Pan? no Peter Pan? You gotta forget to put. Did somebody no, take Peter Pan? No, no, you're Peter Pan. No, 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 no I'm no, not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not because I'm with. <laughs> I know what my name is. It's not Peter Pan. We can't all be Peter Pan. I don't want to be Peter Pan. I want to see Peter Pan. That guy that was in front of me right now, he's not Peter Pan. So they didn't get that. That happened on Alice and on Snow White. No heroine or heroes in the rides because you were that. And then people, uh, don't be too smart, people, because we just, as a culture, we don't don't get those things. It's spelled E-A-R-descent. Don't you understand? It's It's iridescent. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I don't like it that way. (laughs) So uh, that's pretty much what happened to Fantasyland. Yeah, I but I don't that, like it. That I didn't way. know that Peter Pan was. I knew that Snow White and Alice were not in their original versions of the ride. Uh, I didn't know that uh, Peter Pan was not in his original. Yep, version. they added the uh, the audio animatronic Peter Pan to the ride in 1983. Yeah, the same time that they added Snow White into her ride and Alice into her ride. Yeah, yeah. 
and expand show scenes and Mr. Toad's added the London house at the beginning of Peter Pan. Uh, that little bedroom thing. That's I right. I think they added Come that. Come on, everybody. Here we go. That that part. Those are my favorite parts of Disney. Is, so that, is that little that little bedroom scene? I where love you go in there. that scene. Yeah. It's oh man, you're, so you're magical. gonna love it when you go to Walt Disney World. Yeah, no, I know. You turn the whole queue into the nursery. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. You go into the Darling House. Used to be a bathroom. Not anymore. Not now anymore. It's part of the Darling's house. They probably have a bathroom in there. Probably. You're not in it anymore though. Nope. Fantastic. So those, are the, so those are the, I don't know specifically what changes they made to, to Mr. Toads. I just know they added more scenes, they, made the track a little longer. Yeah, they expand the track and they add some show scenes. Uh, they expanded the show a little bit. And then they, of course, they built the, all of the tenting and flag You think this Mr. Toads right needs in. a hell scene? Do you think we should add hell in there? We can do whatever we want. I'm singing hell. I mean, I don't see any reason why we should. Should you know if that was original to the original writer or not? I think it was original. Okay. Yeah, I think I think the the first stuff- it's part I think of the, the story, yeah? Is that what happens in Wind of the Willows, whatever the heck that weird, remember. that awesome cartoon is? You mean the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Yeah. That's the name of the movie. It's not Wind in the Willows. Not I mean, it's based off of Wind of the Willows. Okay. Yes, but the movie is the adventures yeah. of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Totally. Both great I kids just, films. I always just watched the Headless Horseman in part. I never yeah. watched Mr. Toad. Literally before. like, uh, for me, that's as, that's as scary as it gets. That, that. Oh my gosh, yes. Both those movies are, I mean, not terrifying, but both of them are like, it's kind of adult cartoons. Side note. Yeah. Did you know that when they were building Fantasyland for the Magic Kingdom in Florida, uh, they wanted to have different rides? Yeah. And one of the dark rides that they proposed was a uh, Sleepy Hollow dark ride. Okay, I think it's kind of dope, though. That's so cool. Right? I... Like scary as like you go through the so you go through the dance sequence yeah. and then uh, you Talk go over about that bridge. Snow White, Snow White scary adventure like that is going I to kind of want that. that. Yeah, I kind of want that. Yeah. I think you, with the effects they have today, you could make that scary. You got a quick serve restaurant instead. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, but headless horseman theme, I can get like a horseman pie. Yeah, I can get like a horseman like, sandwich. Nah, you can get like a uh, apple fritter. Okay. Yeah. I like apple fritter, so that's fine. W- waffle cone. Uh, I think chicken and a waffle I think a cone. sleepy hollow ride would be. Amazing. Great. I don't know if it has enough pull, but that's scary and fun. Well, and there's Liberty Square too in Walt Disney in in Magic Kingdom. So you can build that into Liberty Square. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Sorry, that was a little tangent. Okay. No, it was worth it was worthwhile. Totally worthwhile. Totally worthwhile. So Mr. Toads gets expanded. The Toad Hall gets built. All of the all of like the medieval stuff goes down. It becomes this sort of Bavarian village on one side and European storybook. Uh, village on the other side. Yeah, you get Toad Hall for Mister Toad. You get the clock tower for uh, for Peter Pan, mm-hmm. and then on the other side of Fantasyland, you get the Evil Queen's uh, castle for yeah. uh, Snow White's adventure, renamed into Snow White's Scary Adventure. Yeah, and also the Fantasyland theater goes away, and Pinocchio gets inserted. Yeah, which for me, I, you know, I think a lot of fans and myself included, sort of thought that that was always there. Yeah, probably. I, th- I think I thought that too. Which is a tribute to the Imagineers just making that ride feel seamless with the other rides. Yeah. And Tony Baxter, uh, when when speaking about sort of why they rethemed it and they did the Bavarian Village and the, the European storybook, uh, he said that the inspiration that they took was from the storybook Canal Boats. Oh yeah, and the miniatures that they put there. Yeah, and and Tony Tony said that if if they built that in a miniature, uh, I bet that they would have liked it if they had been able to build it full size, yeah, which became sure. the inspiration. And that seemed to really pay off because uh, again, fan reaction was very very high when they opened it, and uh, Tony had said that he had heard somebody, heard a guest, 
say it's like it was always here, like it was always meant to be here, which again That's is like sweet and makes sense. Sweet. And it does feel that way. And it like does I feel said, when way. I think about those parts of Disneyland, even though they were designed without Walt's input, they, they felt like they were very much designed with his ethos or soul or whatever in mind. And yeah, it feels they, like they realized the vision that he had. Yeah, because they right? feel so Disney. Yeah. They feel so original Disney, but they're not. And so oddly, this is such a weird thing to say, the original Fantasyland does not feel as Disney. Like it feels a little. No, that's that was going to be one of my questions for you. Was like, what if this never happened? Yeah. Like, what what would Fantasy Fantasyland be like if they never made that change? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I I have thoughts, but I'm curious to know what you think. I think that if they kept the back half of it from then and merged it with the new of the the front half, you know, the village part of it, that would be my ideal Fantasyland. I still want that pirate ship there. I want sure, more water yeah. in the back. I think connecting Storyland from water to that into into uh, the pirate ship into uh, Casey Jr. that runs through the bridge yeah. there. I think that makes a really fun transition and I like that style in the back and I love the idea of having that big aha thing at the back of Fantasyland that draws you through it. One of the things I noticed in studying photography of old Fantasyland I thought was neat was that the castle was this high point yeah. and then it arched, it arched down. It made this arc down to the top of the carousel. And then it arched down again to the top of the booth to enter the teacups. So it made this nice sweeping arc. And then it, and then it arced back up to the bow of the ship, if sure. you look at it. Right. And then to the highest rigging point, or the highest mast of the ship. And so I just don't know if that's in person, but arcs and, and that type of, of arcing motion is very important in animation. It's very, you know, straights and curves yeah. is, a, is, a, is sort of an artistic and animation thing. And it's in the sky in Fantasyland. I just looked at it and I was just like, there's no way they did this on, pers- on purpose, but there's no way they did it on accident either. Either, yeah, because yeah. it's way too pretty to yeah. see those the tops of those buildings all line up in such a beautiful way. So I know I like the back of the old Fantasyland. I like Skull Rock. I like that sort of like you know Tom Sawyery but in Fantasyland yep. kind of like explorey yeah. thing. And then I like the really communal village thing in the front. And I so think I what like you're those. saying is you would just like more space in Fantasyland. I think like I would basically like, yeah. just stretch it out, right? Yeah, stretch it out and give me give me some more aha stuff. Uh, in the back, that's the back. That pirate ship felt like something. It felt like the Millennium Falcon of Galaxy's sure, Edge. Right. It needs it needs their thing. But so. what what about the medieval tenting? Like, I mean, if if yeah, that just, if that had always stayed yeah, there, just what, right. That to me just does not feel quaint. It feels intimate. like a it feels like a county fair to me. Yeah, when you take a look at it, it feels very dated. I think it would feel incredibly dated and. I think what makes Fantasyland feel so magical is because of the 1983. Yeah, for sure. You know, because otherwise the, the attractions that are there, the teacups and the carousel, and yes, there's a pirate ship there, but the teacups and the carousel, uh, in in that main square space. And then you have the, uh, elephants that the Dumbo's on the other side, like I don't want to say they're off-the-shelf rides, yeah. but they don't feel... I think that they would feel very, very dated Yeah. Uh, now, especially. They wouldn't feel as special. And now, because they are spread out, the where where they are located, it feels like it's more open to exploration. Like, Fantasyland is yeah. more open to exploration. That's yeah, and I feel like Fantasyland in itself has different different lands within itself. Right. It's got the village yep. part. It's got the, the back, uh, you know, ride and mountainy foresty, whatever part, the green part. And then it's got the Alice part to it. Right. And then it's got the, uh, it's got the Matterhorn subs part of it, which, uh, you know, it just that brought that question came up on our podcasting class today. Yeah, it did. Like, what are the actual boundaries of fantasy land? Yeah. Is the Matterhorn included? Are the subs included? Is small world included? Like, like what is the shape of this actual land? That is a curious question to yeah. me. Yeah. Because my, 
I feel like Fantasyland has had a lot of mission creep to it. Uh, there's oh, a, yeah, or yeah, it yeah, just crept into other spaces of, like you said, in, in other lands. For me, Fantasyland, and we may get into this when we talk about sort of like our memories of Fantasyland, but Fantasyland for me, even to this day, feels very overwhelming to me. Interesting. What do you mean by that? Well, I think in part it's because of the crowds. Okay. But it's also because of the amount of kinetics that are happening when you go through the castle. Yeah. And then there's just a, it feels like it's a, a land. You know that, what it is? You can see the rides when you walk through the castle, the queues are not deep enough and they're not hidden like Indiana where you, you can't see the ride. Right. You can see the pirate ships moving. You can feel yep. the jerkiness. And you of can see Snow everybody White. walking you can through see, the yeah, lines. There is a lot of motion. I never thought about that before. And then the land itself sort of goes out and comes back in on itself yeah. because you walk around to Alice and then, uh, to, you know, to what Pixie Hollow is now. And so again, there's sort of like this border, like Pixie Hollow is part of Fantasyland. That's right, yeah. But it's not behind the castle; it's in front of the castle. And you got Rapunzel's little village now off to the left, where the where the dancing place used right. to be. Again, and all in that. front of the castle, not behind. Yes. So it feels almost like a like a like a seashell or something, where it's just like circles that that uh, that go out and come back in on themselves. And so it feels like Fantasyland is everywhere. And as a result, it can, to me, it can feel very overwhelming. Yeah. As opposed to Adventureland, where it's one pathway and Adventureland is on either side of that pathway and it's pretty much a straight shot. And yeah. the same thing with Tomorrowland. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel like New Orleans Square does a decent job of right. that. I feel like uh, Frontierland does an okay job of that, uh, especially with the rock work that they did for Galaxy's Edge, where it's yeah. very obvious you're leaving uh, Frontierland and entering. Something else, Toontown, obviously, completely isolated. Right. Uh, Tomorrowland gets is totally, totally cool on that, other than where it bumps up against Fantasyland, gets yes. super gray yep. uh, in that area. But then, yeah, Fantasyland itself is the one you get the most questions on, where you've asked somebody waiting in line for the subs if they're in Tomorrowland or Fantasyland. What do you think the answer is? I think a lot of people say Tomorrowland. I think you get. I think it, I I would because you, you board in Tomorrowland. Yeah, because you board yeah. in Tomorrowland and it's a sub, which you're like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't it like a rocket sub in the past. And you're like, no, it wasn't. But I'm like, look more rockety, I guess. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the the jury's out on what the consensus is of that ride. Oh, but we can affirmatively say it is a Tomorrowland. Totally. And then uh, you board in Tomorrowland. Yeah, you're fully in Tomorrowland. One hundred percent in Tomorrowland for the subs. Yeah, Matterhorn. Then, is, yeah, what's your stance on Matterhorn? Uh, Matterhorn splits the difference. You I think believe. Matterhorn is a true 50-50 ride? 50% belongs to Tomorrowland, 50% belongs to Fantasyland, yes, depending I, on which track I you I believe take. If, you, if you load up onto the left track, if you're in the left queue, you're on the Tomorrowland side of uh, Matterhorn. Mm -hmm. If you're on the right queue, you're on the Fantasyland side of, of and Matterhorn. And so you say Matterhorn and the subs tribute to Tomorrowland is that they, these are transportation-ish rides, the bobsled and the, and the sub. Like, what is their thematic connection to Tomorrowland? To Tomorrowland? Yeah. It's difficult. It's a little gray. It's a little gray. I mean, what in that would area. you say is the thematic connection to Fantasyland? The Matterhorn? Yeah. It's like dragons live in mountains or something. There's like a magical Yeti in yeah, there. Yeah, but it's a, it's a but it's ma like the, the Matterhorn exists the beast, in reality. It's the beast's cousin. Like, uh, the Yeti doesn't, I don't think. So he's like, you know, that's why he's like, he's looking for love. Actually, he's just looking for friendship. We know that. We know he's looking for friendship. He's just looking he just for a buddy a to hang out he's with. He's just coming yeah. out to give you a hug. You're right. I mean, it. it that's where it gets. That's where it starts to get off. A small world itself is not a is a fantasy land ride, but not right. really. There's not fantasy about it. Right. It's more of this world connection, this cultural connection. Matterhorn is a cultural. So you connection. are advocating 
tearing down both fantasy uh, <laughs> yeah, small world what, and the yeah, you heard world. it here first yeah <laughs> no i'm just saying that causeway is gray uh there used to be motorboats there like what are the motorboats the sub is tomorrowland but the motorboats are fantasy land right Right. It's just gray in there. That's all. That's why I'm saying I think Matterhorn, you could just make the argument like, well, it's half of both. It's, yeah. bo- it's, a, it's both. I like the let's paint. Let's paint that sucker. We'll make the left side of it like Pastel, red. Pink, yeah. Red and, and pink. And, yeah. and on the other side, we'll make it realistic with some glitter, some glitter snow. Some glitter, so some iridescence. Iridescence. E-A-R. E-A-R. Oh, I get it now. It's like- It's uh, like, like ears. Oh, ears. I was thinking corn cobs. I think this was a farming thing. Oh, no, no, no. It's oh. like, like Mickey ears. Oh, Mickey ears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should sell those. <laughs> Ariel's Grotto shows up in 1996 again. Like Does it launches Ariel's Grotto because it changes Pixie Hollow. It becomes like it, it goes Ariel's di- Grotto to Pixie Hollow. Okay, yeah, and Ariel's Grotto. I like that's just a shoehorned attraction. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no water over. There's no real water over there. They're just like true. There's a, a shell. King Trident says not the pool is not too far from that location. I uh, I, I think I've only been through there when it's closed, and maybe not, but I've never I've never done. It, it feels like uh, Pixie meet- Hollow is delightful. Is it? Oh, the, it's the aerial it's part felt sweet. like a, felt like meeting Santa, but at the but, but yes, but it did feel like meeting Santa, but Ariel. Yeah, like a full f- uh, sword store in Fantasyland, right when you come in under the castle, off to the right. They did have that at one point. Yeah, I mean, I've been in it many times, so if it's gone now, it, it, it must be gone. But you just buy, like, you, you know, buy weapons. Big weapons, huge swords. I bought swords. a weapon in Walt Disney World. Yeah. Like, I bought a broadsword in Walt yeah, Disney World. Yeah, and now, now you go up there, you buy a broadsword, and then they're like, oh, so thank you, you just you just picked this up, never. You're like, great, we'll ship it to your house. Yeah, yeah but maybe I with a right check now. with a bunch of state agencies, but but thank you. Yeah, but thanks. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, they had a, they had like Merlin's Magic Shop was yeah. there at one point. Yeah, and, they had like a full on knife and dagger and sword store. Yeah, you could buy things that would kill other people <laughs> in Fantasyland. In Fantasyland, but that makes sense. It, it does. Makes you sense. need a sword, not like a wooden one with like orange tips on it. You need an actual no, sword, like an actual you need like sting. like forged steel. Yeah, yeah. If you could get an axe too, if you wanted an axe. Yeah, sometimes like, I like to throw like a mace, like a uh, ball and spi- spikes. You can yeah, get one of those. Uh huh. A morning star, a halberd. Morning star. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that we're subtly testing each other's medieval weaponry knowledge. Oh, what a fun, what a fun trip through Fantasyland. I hope by now you can, you know, see that it, uh, the the sun is set on Disneyland. It's dark in Fantasyland. The uh, the the music from all the different rides are ne- ah, is now harmonious. So uh, during the day, the music seems to be in conflict, but now it has become one cacophony of of magical music, and you're just feeling you're feeling cold, but you know that you're going to be warm because you're going to be cozied up next to somebody on on a pirate ship or a mine a cart. Yeah, eating a tuna fish sandwich, <laughs> of course. Oh, I bought this later. It's I bought this earlier in the day. I got this at ten thirty. I had this in my back pocket <laughs> for the it's day. Been in my backpack, all the, a little smushy on the left. I think you can still probably get some good bites out of the. I'm right, really though. hungry though. Let's get that. Are you eating tuna fish on this ride, sir? <laughs> I just finished up the tuna salad I bought earlier in the day. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's what in a, a boat. What a what a great thing! Thanks for listening to our Fantasyland episode. I for one had a blast. I loved it, and I hope you loved it too. This has been Bob Says and Banthas. Uh, we release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We love making this show, and we sure hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Please be sure to subscribe. We would love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, please. It really, really helps other people find out about the show. And uh, we have loved the traction that we've gotten on Instagram. We've gotten a lot of new followers on Instagram. A fantastic set of bantha tears like our listeners are the best listeners i love engaging with them on fun Instagram. stuff is coming you guys stick stick uh, with so us great. we got big things planned fun stuff coming 
Fun stuff coming. On the show, on Instagram. All over the place. In real life. Hang on, it's going to be a magical 2021. Oh boy, is it ever. And just wait until Storm and Absolute heads over to the left coast. Nope, right coast. Yeah. Uh, for some Walt Disney World magic. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, we're going to live stream the whole thing. We're all going to wear Non-stop. GoPros. Yeah, I'm going to wear great. a waist one. I'm going to wear a head one. We're going to we're just going to be just selfies the entire time. We're not going to be able to see anything that's in any no, of the parks. I'm going for you guys. I'm like I'm like I'm, right. I'm, I'm a walking I'm a walking photo oh, man, robot. I can't stand that. I know. Oh man, I really just can't stand. Uh, where were we? We were talking about reviews. Yeah, we were. We Five-star want, reviews. If we you like the thank, show. We want to thank uh, one of our Bantheteers for leaving a very, very nice review. Aww. Uh, it was uh, a Ginger Arose. She was actually on our Instagram live I earlier. Think, uh, I think we, we might have talked to that account uh, in our on our Instagram We thing. sure did. Yeah, right on. She uh, left us a five-star review. It said, very entertaining. Vanilla Ice fan, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. She mentioned a lot about Vanilla Ice. Knew almost as much as you did. Yeah, the, the, I th- I almost feel like we were like trying to outdo each yeah, other with Vanilla Ice. you got caught Ice. up in some like cover variants and things at the end there. Yeah, it went real deep. It did. It went, I would say, too deep. Okay. Yeah. Uh to the extreme deep okay. is the way it went. Uh, anyway, she writes, Wow, Bob Says and Banthas is my new favorite podcast. I discovered it after Jim Hill mentioned the boys on his own podcast. Yay. Thank you, Jim Hill. Yeah. Uh, we can't wait to have you back on, by the way. Yeah. In the, in the event that you're listening, Jim. Not only are Aaron and Scott filled with lots of Disney and Star Wars knowledge, they have great chemistry too. They are the type of guys who you'd want to share a beer with and just talk Disney which I might have to do one day since I also live in the Sacramento area. What? I know, that's pretty awesome. They have great guests asking atypical questions that spark awesome discussions. I'm requesting patron St. Tony Baxter as a guest. Yeah, right on. So are we. We hear you. They really seem to enjoy their own podcast and their production is on point. Moreover, they understand what a pain it is to drive from NorCal to Disneyland. Also, I had no idea about Bravo Farms. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to have to stop there next time I travel to Disneyland. This is a fantastic Disneyland and Star Wars pod. Yay. Five star. Ginger, thank you so much. And yes, Bravo Farms is a great stopover when you're driving down to Disneyland. Yeah, from I hope the they make it. Area. I hope they weather the COVID storm. And uh, I've been on I-5 very recently. Uh, it, yeah. Did you stop at Bravo Farms? We didn't. I didn't even I didn't see the sign. Shooting galleries. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Great, great stopover. You can visit us at bobsonsandbanthas.com. You can email us, podcast at bobsonsandbanthas.com. If you have a question or a suggestion for a show topic you'd like us to discuss, or you just have a question for us. Did I say question? I feel like I've said it a couple times now. It's fine. If you have a question, that's where you can send it to us. You can support us, patreon.com forward slash bobsonsandbanthas. We mm-hmm. record new audio content there every single week for Mostly our patrons. every single week. When Pretty we're not, much every when we're not week. interviewing Imagineers, we, we do it then. But we talk about a lot of things. We do. And we have a lot of fun over a on A lot Patreon. of fun. You can wear us, tpublic.com. Uh, by the way, right now, if you're listening on the week Wait, of release. Is there a sale? There is a no sale. No way! What are the chances? T-shirts are 13 bucks. Uh, I know I saved, I feel like I said this two weeks ago. Yep. We, we have to release that sure Bantha did. Boys t-shirt. Buy 11 candles, get the 12th one. I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you right now. Okay. You put up that Bantha Tear shirt, and I'll put up that Bantha Boys shirt. And now we got two new shirts in our store for people to, to buy during this. Oh, you mean put it so. up? You don't mean put it up as in put it up on my chest. You mean put it up as in get it designed and put it up? Yeah, there. I meant design it and, oh, okay. and then release it. Yeah, done. That's what I meant. You, really? Isn't the Bantha Boys one already designed though? I feel like I might be. Yeah, no, I'm way ahead of the game. Right oh, now. yeah. But that's because I outsourced it. All right, new t shirts are coming. The gauntlet has been thrown down. And then, of course, you can join the Bantha Tears for all the fun we have over on Instagram. We're at Bob's and Banthas. 
We're also on Twitter at Bob says Banthas if you were interested. Yeah, we'd like to get those those Twitter followers up, but but you're gonna I see a lot just, of fun. I would just prefer follows to my personal account at Aaron Robbins on Twitter uh, and Instagram. Uh, yeah, it is both. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter, just on Instagram. And then you should really should really follow Scott Storm. I'm at Hey Scott Storm. Hey, I am Scott Storm. not nearly as creative as Aaron. I don't know Robbins about is. that. Uh, but if you want to see... True or false, do you have a Ghostbusters Proton Pack hooked up to a, uh, a speaker to make it loud and rumbly? Oh, not just one speaker. Oh, multiple speakers. Multiple speakers. you got to follow up uh, at Hey Scott uh, Storm. If you want to see my soldering uh, exploits, you can visit me at Hey Scott Storm. But I recommend a, a, at Aaron Robbins because he is one heck of a Disney artist. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, until next week, he's been Aaron. Uh, chicken of the what? And I've been Scott. <laughs> Uh, two tuna pies, please. <laughs> and we've been Bob's and Mantha's. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. In the electro-synthomagnetic musical sound. The magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done.